Hey there, true listeners. This is Kyle from the Longbox Cast, and you're listening to another great Four Ride Radio podcast. For more great shows, check out fourrideradio.com. And while you're at it, check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash longboxcast. A swing and a belt. Left field. Way back. Blue Jays win it. The Blue Jays are World Series champions. Celebration starts. The New Jersey Devils for the third time in their history have won the Stanley Cup. The Devils three. The Ducks nothing. Devils Stanley Cup champions. Right through. A pick block by Steve Gleason. It is scooped and scored by Curtis DeLoach. Hello, it's the Ballpark Bros, back from their cold weather holiday vacation. That's right. Took a little week off for the Christmas holiday, recuperate from all the family time. That's Tom, I'm Mike, and with us as always, friend of the show, David Dargarts. Yo. Uh, we got a lot of football action to get to today. Uh, we had the NCAA football playoffs, we had... The NFL wrapping things up, but we are going to start in the world of hockey with the Columbus Blue Jackets. The who, the what? The uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. They're one of the newer hockey teams. Yeah. Um, Second newest. Yeah. <laughs> Tied with somebody behind the Vegas yeah. team. I believe they actually uh, came in the same year as the Wilds. They did. Yes. Which is amazing because that's who they played this weekend. And we had a 14-game streak going up, uh, winning streak going up a 12, against a 12-game winning streak. Yep. Uh, and that was actually the first time in all professional sports that two teams had met with a 12 or more game winning streak, which is pretty amazing considering how old some of these leagues are. Right. Yep. And uh, Blue Jackets came into that contest, as you said, on the 15-game streak, and they've beaten – Everybody you can want to beat on a streak like that. Yeah, they've played amazing teams. They've played good teams all year that they've won against. I mean, I saw them handle Chicago pretty handily. That was way before the streak, but, um, you know, it was a preview to the streak. Yeah, they uh, they wound up beating the Wild in that game. Uh, final score was 4-2, to right? Yes. They didn't tack, okay. Yeah. I was pretty sure they didn't tack on anything after uh, I had turned it off uh, to get into some other stuff um yeah won that game four to two and uh, they what they're up they're up by a point with two games in hand they are uh i don't know how many games they have in hand but they are number one yeah it's they're, they have like 56 points right now yeah which is amazing it's incredible they've played 35 games and yeah they actually have three they have three games in hand okay pittsburgh who they're leading by a point so right that could be a lot of yeah. Oh, yeah. Could be up to seven. So look out, NHL. Yeah. No, it's pr- they're the real deal. And they don't have a superstar. Yeah. No, that's another thing that you think about every time you're watching that team. You got names like Warensky and like yeah, Cam Atkinson's a good player, but he's not a superstar. No. Uh, Dubinsky's not a superstar. The player for Calvert them isn't a super superstar. Like none of these guys are, are like. None of these guys are somebody that a team is going to be usually calling to trade their entire roster for the, at the trade deadline. Right? Well, not, not yet. 
the the only player you could call a superstar would be Sergei Bobrovsky, and even yeah. then, he gets overlooked compared to a lot of other goalies. Yeah, he's a Vesna winner. Uh, Two, three years ago? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So that's a big deal. Um, but, you know, you win the Vesna, you're in Columbus, and you don't really hear about the guy again, you know, because of that market. But we're hearing about him again where he's won something like 13 straight now. Yeah. Yeah, his or, his or, streak is... is or 14, because they, they want to... Did they play since... No, they haven't played since the... Uh, wild game. No. no, no. But yeah, he's won something like 13 straight now, which is incredible. Yeah, his yeah his streak is just as impressive as the team streak. Uh, and actually, I think isn't his streak broken up by a loss by a backup goalie? Uh, I can't think of who their backup is. I neither can I. Uh, is it Michelini? It could still be. It Michelini. might be. It could still be Michelini. He's been there a while. Um, you know, but it, for the Wild too, they had you have Devin Dubnik, who is also. Riding a long yeah. winning streak, he was involved in pretty much I think every single one of those wild wins. Yeah, well, he still leads the league in uh, goals against average and save percentage. He's one point seven five goals against and nine forty one save percentage. So yeah, so we had two terrific goalies in that game, um, which always makes it fun too because you don't want to see like you don't want to see one of these teams win six to five or something like that. Yeah, you know a four to two win that's a good hockey score. That means the goalies and the defense were involved too. Right, you don't just have this offense um god we had uh you had two fights in that game um which were pretty which were pretty amazing you had uh i think it was dumba yeah dumba went against somebody pretty much off a face-off and then uh so they you know they went to the box but almost immediately after that fight ended chris stewart and and somebody else in columbus went and went for it and they were no, it was Doomba who got the game misconduct, so he was involved in the second fight. Yeah. So there are, like, two fights back-to-back because, you know, the Wild were trying to figure out a way to get into this game because Columbus had that, you know, they just had the game early, um, you know, kind of controlling things really early. Yeah, unfortunately it was clear early on who was winning that game. There wasn't much intrigue yeah. towards the end. Yeah, well, I mean, the Wild made something out of it. But, yeah. Yeah, you, you, fig- you thought, okay, the Wild could come back. They're a good enough team. They've won 12 straight. There's no reason that the Wild can't come back and win this game, but right jackets held him off on the road <laughs> yeah um so speaking of fights um steve ott nearly lost his head yesterday yes that was a fun one yeah which the, uh, couldn't, classic. couldn't have happened to a nicer guy yeah i hate steve ott that was a terrific game uh they had the centennial classic up in toronto yeah uh, at, a, at a soccer stadium yeah Toronto Football Club, I guess. Uh, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not sure I'm whose home stadium it is. I'm guessing that's their soccer team's name. Is right. The Toronto let's Club. let's find out, shall we? Yeah. Get on that. Because people want to know. Yeah. Um, who who plays soccer in Toronto? Yeah. Uh, best known for being a little bitch. Um, <laughs> Steve Ott's not. He's he's a he's one of those guys that just his he, whole career is going to be built around getting under your, your skin yeah he's an in, he he's an instigator but he's not a fighter yeah <laughs> he very rarely wins the things he starts yeah he's like he's like sean avery where he'll start a fight but won't participate in it yeah. which is except off the ice i believe that steve ott is actually a good guy probably yeah whereas sean avery is yeah, a, a scumbag yeah, he's a twerp but yeah, Steve, uh, that was a great game too. The Centennial Classic. Yeah, I think they did a great job with the presentation. They honored the 100 greatest hockey players. They announced what the first third of it. Yeah, I think well, I think they did hat. Uh, I think they did something through like the 
first 50 years or something. I okay, because I, I think the, the, the grand total that they unveiled yesterday was something like 32, 33 names. Yeah, yeah they didn't go through all the names, but uh, we had some great names out there like Shore, and uh, we had Vesna's granddaughter representing him. As, yeah, I did see like that. 80. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, yeah, it was, great. it was cool to see. Uh, you know, you had all the you had these representatives for the like grandkids who are like you know, like I said, eighty or from between forty and eighty, coming out there wearing the jerseys of the of their uh, ancestor that they're representing, and that was pretty fun to watch. That uh, all that uh, alumni game the day before. Oh yeah, that was that was great. That was the best. My favorite part, probably everybody's favorite part, is uh, God, who is it now? Gary uh, Gary Roberts <laughs> went to pick a fight with. Uh, with Chris Draper, and uh, it was for real. It wasn't one of the play fights that they've been doing in the past couple of outdoor games where two guys will pretend like they're scrapping and they'll, like, you know, swing their hands at each other. Uh, Gary Roberts really pissed off Draper. <laughs> like, they, they were ready to go. Well, that, they, they actually had to break him up. That doesn't seem like such a difficult thing to do, though. <laughs> yeah. But it was, that, was, that was exciting. They, they, they reminded you of the, who these two teams were and the history that they have. It was like their 658th game played against, or you know, something huge yeah. like that played against each other between these two clubs because they're both original six teams. They've both been around for 100 years. But yeah, it was a heck of a game. It was fun to see. Every, I mean, everybody, everybody loves to see Shanahan and Larianov and Lidstrom and all of them out there playing together again. Detroit's been in so many of these, but it's because they've got so many great players. Yeah, I think there history. was, uh, I think it was like something like 56 and 51 Hall of Famers mm-hmm. for uh, Toronto and, and Detroit, respectively. Yeah, it was great. <coughs> there were a lot of great guys out there. Yeah, a lot of stuff to celebrate over the weekend in hockey. Yeah. A lot, yeah. lot going on. I look forward to the uh, rest of the list and to today's game. Yeah, today we have an outdoor game at 1 o'clock. Yeah, in St. Louis. Uh, uh, weather permitting, they they haven't actually announced the time of it yet, yeah, I don't they think. Yeah, they said they're dropping, they it, they're dropping it 105 regardless, and worst-case scenario is their extended stoppages of play throughout the game. Ah. So. Yeah, because you got to deal with ice or, or with the sunlight on the ice. The Toronto game had a delay, too. Yep. Yeah, I, I think, think pretty like, much every single one of them has. Yeah, this happened a few years ago when Washington hosted one too. It was pretty. It was pretty sunny. Yeah, um, and there were pools. <laughs> well, yeah, it uh, it happened two years back in the uh, Rangers Devils game that they played at Yankee Stadium. Yeah, so that can. I mean, that's always that could always be an issue. The sunlight on the ice. Um, you know, you're playing outdoors. You might get pools of water all over. Right. But uh, yeah, the alumni game for that was fun too. What was the final score of that? Like eight to seven? Uh, it was uh, last I saw. It was like uh, I think, I think it was like six to seven. Goaltending so. optional. It ended up being yeah. I think eight to seven. Um, St. Louis. And that's that's a little ridiculous. Featuring St. Louis Blues great Wayne Gretzky. Yes. And St. Louis Blues great Martin Brodeur. Who between them played twenty six games. <laughs> Gretzky played eighteen games for St. Louis, but they they were able to put a, together a Hall of Fame line of Gretzky, Oates. And Hall, and that's uh, what they wanted to do. It unreal! Was, that was great. It was it was awesome to see. It was just, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you're like, okay, Hall and the Oats, everybody. Yeah, Hall and Oats, featuring Wayne Gretzky. You did it. Good work. Yeah, you have Broder in that, which is just that's fun to see. Yeah, because he could probably still play. Yeah. Nah, I don't think so. Trust me. No, he was not putting in the same effort he would have in an actual game. Yeah, they weren't exactly <laughs> playing for the Stanley Cup yesterday. Uh, trust me, in the in the 
the few games before the nine games he played in uh, St. Louis, he was not the same caliber goalie that he used to be. He he was yeah his talent kind of losing but it, but he's still probably better than Anthony Niemi and Car- and Kari Lennon. Yeah, Dallas would gladly sign Brodor to a one year deal. So, um, so we had a change at the top of the points leaderboard. Uh, Genny Malkin yep surged over the weekend and took over the lead from Connor McDavid. What? Yeah, uh, Sidney Crosby. Well, he didn't take it over. Well, he briefly took it over. McDavid uh, scored and tied it up. They they both have forty three points. Sidney Crosby a point back at forty two. You know Sidney Crosby, the most overrated player in hockey. I've heard of him. Yeah, uh, he increased his goals lead uh, to six over Austin Matthews. Crosby twenty six. Matthews twenty. Jeff Carter twenty. Yeah, Matthews tallied two yesterday to bring it up to twenty. Yeah, um, including the the overtime game winner in that outdoor game. Right. Um, so yeah, you know, most overrated player in hockey, just doing what the most overrated <laughs> player in hockey does. He, well, look, even a plug gets some ice time. I suppose you're right. It's it's not it's, it's still again it's unfair. We thought about this years ago when they first paired up. It's unfair to have Malkin and Crosby on the same team. Yeah. Because at least he, they don't skate the same line anymore. Yeah. Centers on different lines. Yeah, um, and obviously it that, worked with the that that makes it even worse, though. Yeah, yeah, it does make it worse. It balances out their their offense. So teams got to win line. Yeah, they got to worry about every line. They got you got great uh, players there, like um, just these, you know, great reliable role players. You got Rust and Sheary. Guys like that, Kessel's being productive, which is always good. If Kessel's being productive, it's it's always good for your yeah. team. Well, you got two solid goaltenders. Yeah, I mean, Fleury has not had his mental breakdown yet. Yeah, so. right. It's not the playoffs. They haven't played Philly in a, in a few weeks. Right. I I feel like he might end up getting traded before he has that breakdown. I think you're right. Um, well, he's one of those teams that he's one of those players that they think uh, Vegas will take. Yeah, um, so that's that's the only thing where I see that they might not. Well, if they let him go they, that far, they don't get anything for him. Well, I know, but they don't have to worry about someone else getting taken. If they keep Flurry on their on their roster, they can be pretty sure that he's going to be. Well, but here's because you're allowed to protect a goaltender. They only have to protect a goaltender if they ship Flurry out. Right, but then you have to worry about them taking. Murray, another one of your players. Well, they wouldn't be able to take or, Murray because they'd be able. Oh. they'd be able to protect Murray. Oh, okay, yeah, right. Can, Never mind. I mean, yeah, the Penguins are a team that I think the return you're going to get for Flurry outweighs whatever you're going to lose to Las Vegas. I don't know. I, I feel like he's a. You'll get a. You'll get a second and a third for uh, him. I feel like Dallas would probably trade one of their young wingers and two of their young defensemen for him. Yeah, I don't know what his. It, uh, a lot of it has to probably do with this contract too, right? How much that's worth. But I'm looking at uh, NHL.com as a mile tra- milestone tracker. Yes, Yager is nine points away from 1900. Yep, and Roberto Luongo is three wins away from 450. Wow! wow. Two Florida Panthers right there who are cha- uh, chasing milestones. Yeah, actually, uh, we we haven't mentioned yet. Yager did uh, take sole possession of second place yep. in all-time points, uh, only trailing Wayne Gretzky. He needs to play about another eight or nine years to be able to catch Wayne. He can do it. He thinks he can do it. I think he can do it. <laughs> the man's un- unbelievable. Yeah. I know we've talked about, like, what if 
Yammer Yager had never gone to Europe, it's tough because he would have never developed the skills that you know has has allowed him to continue playing. Right. He grew in Europe in his thirties. He goes to Europe and grows as a player. Well, and he got he had he was burnt out on the NHL, so maybe yeah. he stays two extra years, and maybe he retires five years ago. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know. So yeah, it it gave him a jump in his step. So. Well, I'll I'll do this offline, um, but I do want to look up what he scored in Europe and just see where that puts him compared to Gretzky as far as that kind of stuff goes. Like but, with the Ichiro thing versus yeah, Rose, <laughs> right? Uh, we'll look it up offline and maybe post it up on the on yeah. the Facebook page. I, and I stuff, don't know but, that his his numbers uh, over there were that stellar. No, but I was, you know just to see what it's like. Yeah, you know. I mean it would add. Yeah, it would add uh, something. So, but moving along, uh, the uh, man. What was it? The uh, Fiesta Bowl, and what was the other one? The oh, they played PlayStation Orange PlayStation Pick, Fiesta the Pickle Bowl. Yeah, um, or was it the or- Peach Bowl? Peach Bowl, yes. The Peach Bowl. Uh, Alabama defeated Washington twenty-four to seven in what can only be described as a surprise to no one. Yeah, and it was very low scoring early, and you thought, okay, maybe Washington's defense will keep them alive, but the offense never. Well, yeah, and well, Washington's offense on. was their big thing all year. Mm-hmm. Well, they, early on, they had that they had that touchdown drive to start the game where they just moved right down the field mm-hmm. in Alabama, and you're like, well, maybe. And then the like you said, the offense just kind of fell apart, and you're like, yeah. well, maybe the defense will keep them in. But well, that that was like when I when I watched the the Florida Alabama game, Florida, you know, scored early, and I thought it's not going to be as bad as as it would seem, right? And then it was. Yeah, uh, it it ended pretty much the way everyone thought it would. I think maybe some people thought Alabama would have put up a few more points. Um, they but, did have a lot of issues, though, Alabama. Oh, yeah. Um, and, yeah, and actually we can get into that in just a second uh, because the uh, winner of the Fiesta Bowl, Clemson, uh, they were able to exploit some of those weaknesses last year. Yeah. Uh, in their matchup, you know, Alabama won the championship forty-five to forty, but yeah. Clemson was very competitive and had a had a late lead in that game too. So, uh, Clemson has what it takes to exploit some of those vulnerabilities, definitely. Uh, which, you know, are they Alabama? They are a fast team, but there are faster teams out there, and that was proven against Florida and against Washington. Yeah, um, I mean, Clemson showed off some good stuff. Yeah. This weekend, first time in 194 games that an Urban Meyer-led team was shut out. Yeah, wasn't it the first time in the Peach Bowl since the 20s that a team was shut out? Something like that. I don't remember the exact yeah. year, but yeah, yeah, it was in the 20s. Yeah, it was uh, uh, that a Peach Bowl uh, participant was shut out. Yeah, it was it, a rough night for the Buckeyes. It was, and, and and you know, so we're talking about who can take care of Alabama. Well, Clemson shut out Ohio State. Right. Yeah. Obviously, they can take Alabama. And Ohio State was the team that a lot of people said had the best shot against Alabama. Yeah. I heard so, that nonstop, and a lot of it was living in Big Ten country. Yeah, right. You're gonna but, hear that all day. You know, a lot of a lot of national sportscasters were talking about it too. So mm-hmm. it does, le- you know, it does lend a little bit to it. But I th- I always thought that Clemson had the better shot, and. I I don't know. I, I'm not going to say who I'm going to pick yet. Yeah. I will say that I'm kind of pulling for Clemson because I think Nick Saban needs to be taken down a peg. I'm kind of pulling for him because I'm tired of hearing about the same teams in every in every league. I'm right. tired about I'm tired of hearing about the same teams every single year, and Alabama is one of those teams. Yeah. So we'll we'll see with our picks later on, but it it's shaping up to be a pretty interesting game. Unfortunately, I know we all have to work. Yeah. What day is this game? The ninth. Oh well. Um, 
Oh yeah, that's the day after. Right. Uh, that's the day after. Uh, well, that yeah, that's the Monday after Tom and I return from our, our trip to Newark. The Monday after we wake up from sleeping from our trip to Newark. Yeah, we're going to. Uh, Tom and I are going out to Newark, uh, New Jersey, and we're going to uh, see the the Maple Leafs at the Devils. Oh, they're going. They're just going to crush them. <laughs> yeah, the Devils have not been good. No. Oh, but um, yeah, that'll be cool. Never been. I've actually been further than that for hockey. Now, are you guys going to the NWHL game too? Yeah. Yes, we're going to a Pride uh, Pride and uh, Riveters game the next day at the at the Devils uh, practice facility, which is at Prudential. Yeah. So uh, same building. There'll be long, actually the long weekend for you guys. Yeah, long hockey field weekend. Yeah, yeah we're gonna be all tuckered out. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be great. We're actually, I'm actually playing the drive back after that game ends. So we're only spending one night in Newark. Should be getting back at like four or five in the morning. That's the estimate. Yeah. Unless I get too tired or if my back can't handle it, we're gonna stop somewhere in Pittsburgh or Pennsylvania, somewhere in Pennsylvania, and find a hotel. But <laughs> then come well, back if you Sunday. make it as far as Pittsburgh, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> We know people there. Yeah, I know. Um, That's what I'm going to shoot for, so I won't have to pay for a hotel. Yeah. Just sleep um, on your floor. So uh, the remaining bowl games, obviously we got the national championship uh, next Monday. Today, uh, let's do some quick picks on air for these. Well, not on air, but you know, on recording for these. Um, and then everybody can laugh at us when the games are over. Uh, Western Michigan, Wisconsin in the Cotton Bowl at 1 p.m., uh, <laughs> I'm going with Wisconsin. Uh, yeah, Wisconsin, yeah. I'm going to go Western Michigan with the upset. Uh, Outback Bowl, f- number 17, Florida against Iowa. I'm going with Iowa for the upset because it's a smaller upset. It's a safer upset. It's a safer pick. Because <laughs> they're, bo- they're both big five. T- or... I mean, it's ba- Florida barely has, um, you know, as far as like, Vegas odds. They've ba- they've barely got the advantage there. Right. I mean, the consensus is is pretty close. There. Yeah, two two and a half. So uh, yeah, yeah. I, I would say that Florida does. They they have the speed to do it to win yeah. that game. Yeah, they do. It's in Iowa though. So and these Florida players, I'm not well, sure. It's in wherever the outback. Oh is. yeah, that's right. Yeah, I believe that would be us. I did that the other day too. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, never mind. Uh, I think it said Raymond James Stadium. You gotta switch your pick then. Yeah, it's in Tampa. It's actually Iowa that has to travel. <laughs> it's actually a home game for Florida. Yeah. No, well, I don't know. I think Iowa still do pretty good. I yeah. think so I'll, I'll I'll stay with Iowa. All right. Tom's got Florida. I'll take Florida too. Um, I think not having to travel, they're a slightly better team. Uh, but I'm not saying Iowa can't or won't do it. I'm just picking Florida. The game that I'm most excited for uh, tonight at 5 p.m. You got the Rose Bowl. Uh, that features USC number nine against Penn State, who is number five. Uh, Penn State uh, looks like they're the underdog by seven and a half. If I'm reading this correctly, they uh, Penn State is the underdog at seven yeah. and a half. Yeah. So uh, I, for one, am taking Penn State. I'm gonna have to go USC here again. They're essentially the home team. I'm also going with USC, but I think it'll be closer than the seven and a half. Also, these are these are both teams that really started out the season low expectations, right? And De- definitely, yeah. Nobody nobody thought USC would do anything this year. They really, really exceeded them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, they're both top ten. So, and then the other marquee matchup of the day, eight thirty, 
You got the Sugar Bowl between number 14, Auburn, and number 7, Oklahoma. Oklahoma's favored by two and a half. Uh, it's funny. I, I go, I'm looking at the odds from somewhere else, and Auburn is favored by, or they think the predicted score is Auburn 40.2 to 40. Nice. Because they, they do averages on, yeah, right. on predictions. I'll, nice. I'll take that .2. I'll yeah, take Auburn. Tom, Tom's taking Auburn with the point two. Man, that's rough. I'll go with Oklahoma. I'm also going with Oklahoma. You, usually when it's that close, um, yeah, I mean, where is this one being played? Uh, They're both southern teams, so I guess either way it's probably a home field advantage. But yeah, Sugar being, Bowl is in Louisiana at the Saints in, Stadium. Oh, there you go. They're playing at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. So it's... Yep. About the same distance away from both. Yeah, a little further for Oklahoma. Little, yeah, just a little bit. But I don't know. I'll go with Oklahoma. Yeah. So. Should, should be, be should be a pretty even crowd, I would think. Yeah. Those are both those those fan those are both big fan bases. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so like, that's it on uh, college football. Year is almost over. Uh, looking forward to that championship game next Monday, and we'll make our we'll make our picks leading up to that next week. Uh, in the NFL, we wrap things up with a nice, neat little bow. Um, we're not going to cover every game like we normally do because a lot of them didn't matter. Yeah, most of the early games had nothing to do with anything. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll Be- do. Before we do start, I would like to point out that you said in our chat that Landry Jones was the worst quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, no, I said he is possibly the worst quarterback in the NFL. Well, he heard you. Apparently. Yes, he, he did. he finished the game 24 of 37 yes. for 277 yards and three touchdowns. Yes. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious when Michael said that. I'm like, I don't know, he looks all right. And then he only got better. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, leading up to that, like, he had tripped over the offensive lineman. He threw the interceptions. Yeah. He- it was his first game action since having to play the Patriots. Right. But, so, you know, I just, at that point, he just looked terrible. And, yeah, he and did actually, prove me wrong. He didn't look bad in the Patriots game either. No. he's I had never really cared for him, but he's proved himself to be a decent backup. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I was wrong about that. I'll admit that. But at the, at the time, I had a very valid point. Um so we're going to do AFC, then we'll do NFC, because there was a little bit more intrigue left in the NFC, um, because their playoff wasn't set yet. Uh, so down in Miami, we had the Patriots trying to lock up the number one seed against the Dolphins. They didn't have to try very hard. They did not. Um, Miami did not come to play, but they didn't have a lot they didn't have a lot to benefit by going out there and wrecking themselves. Um, yeah, they would have they played either Houston or Pittsburgh. And they would have had to travel to either one. Honestly, I think I would have traveled, rather traveled to Houston, though. Right. Um, so New England won 35-14. to 14. Uh, Tom Brady finished the game with uh, three touchdowns and no interceptions. Uh, he now has the all-time record for touchdown and interception ratio. He had 28 touchdowns and two interceptions on the year. That beat the previous mark of twenty-seven and two set by Nick Foles when he played for the Eagles a couple of years back. Now it is worth noting that both of these were in abbreviated years. Foles didn't start for the first six yeah, games. Brady right. didn't play in the first four. Exactly. Um, so Brady finishes the year with uh, three thousand five hundred and fifty-four yards, the twenty-eight touchdowns and two interceptions, and a one twelve point two quarterback rating. Um, a lot of talk for him for the MVP. I don't think you can give it to a guy that was suspended for four games. Uh, yeah, just I mean, my personal well, opinion, especially when there are players at 
at the position who played the whole season and played it just as good or better. Right. And we'll, yeah, we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, so New England locked up the uh, locked up the first seed, which means that the Oakland Denver game didn't really matter as nope. far as that goes. Yeah. Um, Oakland though still had a chance to wrap up the AFC West if, with a win. Unfortunately for them, they lost quarterback Derek Carr to injury on uh, during the Christmas game. And then... And we're starting Matt McGloin, who then <laughs> suffered a shoulder injury, yeah. giving way to Connor Cook. Michigan uh, State's Connor Cook. Yeah. Uh, so the Broncos won this game handily, 24-6. to six. Um, it, they, they have said that uh, they doubt Matt McGloin will be ready for next weekend. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, you're, you're looking at the Raiders now going to play the Texans, and we'll get into the matchups a little bit later, too, with uh, an unproven quarterback. Um, so could be rough sledding for them in the playoffs, uh, missing their top two quarterbacks. Although, if they were to survive, there is talk that um, David Carr will be back. David Carr? Derek Carr. Derek. I do that all the it's, time. Yeah, David's the Cowboy, right? David's the failed yeah. Texans and Cowboys quarterback. Yeah. Um, so they could get Carr back for the Super Bowl if they were to make it through. Uh, and another quick note, Zaire Anderson, uh, linebacker for the Broncos, has been released from the hospital. Um, he had a neck injury and had to be taken by ambulance. Um, Ouch. He, uh, he Apparently, as they were carting him off the field, he was unable to make any hand gestures. Yeah, that cleared up pretty quickly at the hospital, though, uh, from, from everything that I've read. So. Yeah, it's usually pretty scary. Yeah. Um, so good news on that front, seeing him uh, come out of that all right. Um for the Broncos, Trevor Simeon finished the year with 3,400 yards, 18 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Not bad when you're, you know, I mean, nobody expected that much out of him. Nobody expected him to have the starting job when they traded for Matt, uh, Mark Sanchez. Yeah, those right. are actually not bad numbers. So, um, good solid year from him. I yeah. expect him to just get stronger and hold off Paxton Lynch next year. Yeah, he had a couple of hiccups, and but, I mean, that's to be expected when you're thrown into a position where, you know, you had no idea that you'd be starting. Well, right. and you're and you're like, they're saying, "Hey, be the defending champ." Yeah, you know, they're saying, "Hey, uh, Phil Phil Pate Manning shoes and be the defending champ for us." All right, is that cool? Yeah. <laughs> um, Good luck. So uh, that's that season better than expected. I we got to talk about the Broncos a little bit going forward. Uh, their quarterback situation might be all right. Their coaching situation, however, is up in the air on two fronts. Yeah. Um, their head coach, uh, Kubiak, had stepped down. Uh, I'm assuming, I don't think he came out and said... It's official now, but I'm not sure if he said why. Uh, Gary Kubiak had had the, uh, had the health issues throughout throughout the past couple of years. He had that uh, he had that fainting spell on the sideline when he was coaching the Texans a couple of years back. And um, then he had... Uh, yeah, that was a mini-stroke, actually, yeah. with, with the Texans. Uh, and then he had the issue this year and missed a game, so understandable for him to want to step away you know he's won a super bowl he's been he's been a an excellent head coach uh for two separate teams so great career for him um sad to see him leave like this um yeah for, I, for these reasons yeah i'm reading a story uh no nowhere in the presser does he say the word retire from football right he he says he's stepping down right. so who knows he might still be involved in football Pot, he's, yeah. he's been with Denver for a very long time. Yeah. Some sort of front office type deal. Right. Yeah, he might do something. I mean, or yeah. scouting or something. Well, I mean, get get him up there as maybe an assistant GM. You know, yeah, have so, him yeah, help make some, the football decisions. Somewhere in there, yeah, totally. Yeah, um, 
on the other uncertainty, uh, Wade Phillips' contract is up. I think you pay him if he doesn't decide to retire. Do you pay him or do you promote him? We've seen how he did as a head coach. He was not a great head coach. Yeah, oh, I agree. He's um, a fantastic defensive coordinator. Yeah, I agree. Um, so yeah, little uncertainty going forward for the Broncos in the coaching on the coaching staff. Yeah, keep him there. Keep him there with the defense, which he's you know they have an amazing defense. Right. When keep I, keep him there, and you'll still have that amazing defense. Look for somebody who can get the offense going. I think um, part of the reason that Kubiak did step down is he didn't want to feel responsible for any of the staffing changes because he he really wanted to keep together the the staff that helped them win Super Bowl 50. Right, yeah. He, and he didn't want to feel responsible for any of them losing their jobs. He sh- uh he had shown that in Houston too. He wanted to be he he's loyal to his guys. Um yeah. and I think it kind of cost him in Houston, but obviously he wound up doing all right. Um so with the with that game ending that way, uh the stage was set for the Chiefs. All they had to do was beat the San Diego Chargers, and they won the AFC West and got the number two seed, which gives them a first-round bye. Yeah. And they were able to do that. Yeah. Uh, they beat the Chargers pretty easily, 37-27. Um, Alex Smith, 21-28, 264 yards, uh, two touchdowns. Finished the year with 3,500 yards, 15 touchdowns, eight interceptions. Not a great year, but solid those, from a man who's been described as a game manager. Those for the are last. the most Alex Smith numbers ever. They yeah, really are. exactly. Well, y- you think fifteen touchdowns? That's it. Well, again, this is a team who didn't have a touchdown to a wide receiver for an entire season. Right? And they they're not a passing team. Yeah. <laughs> as 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 kind of up in the air as their running game had been all year, they right. they didn't really have to do a whole lot of passing. To win games, right? Yeah. Uh, for the Chiefs, you had Tyreek Hill doing it again. Yep. Ninety-five yard punt return for a touchdown. You don't see many punt returns go more than eighty. No. Yeah. No. Um, he's just—he's the fastest player in the league. He's so. been incredible this year. He's fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, so he's—he's he's, like I don't really watch the Chiefs. They bore me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, again, those number fifteen touchdown throws. But uh, you know, well, you got a guy like Tyreek Hill. You're making punts and kickoffs uh, interesting. Yeah. Um, so Chiefs pull it, pull it off, uh, get the second seed in the AFC, and they will be waiting for they their get opponent to take, next year. Next take a uh, nice uh, week. hot bath next week, light some candles. Yeah. Yeah. Relax. I, I guess. <laughs> Put on some smooth jazz and just watch yeah. some uh, other teams beat beat each other up. Sure thing, Tom. Sounds... That's not how you guys watch football? That sounds lovely. Uh, I can't remember last time I actually took a bath versus a shower. Yeah. Well, I might have been nine. I might have had the flu. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. How about them Bucks? Heading Ooh, into boy. Heading into yesterday. The Buccos. Tampa Bay was not mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. All they needed... That, Easy. All they needed was to beat Carolina. Yeah. And then they needed the Colts, Cowboys, Titans, 49ers, and Lions to win. And easy. they needed the Redskins and Giants to end in a tie. Did uh, That's easy. Did none of that happen? And they blew it. They blew it on that game not ending in a tie. And Dallas also yes. lost. They pulled off the win 17-16 over Carolina. They did their job. They did their job, unfortunately. They did their job yesterday, not earlier in the season. Yeah. Unfortunately... No one else did their job. Yeah, um, that's what happens when you play like crap out of the gate. 
you know, yeah. when it's up to other teams to get you into the playoffs. They, right. did, they did not control their own destiny. Well, it's, it's, it's fine when it's just, oh, one team has to win and, and we're in. When yeah. it's an entire when, conference has to win. Yeah, when you got to get a bunch of, like, mathematicians together to figure figure out your place. That was it was something else trying to figure that out and read through all that. Um, just a quick hit on uh, Jameis Winston: four thousand ninety yards, twenty eight touchdowns, eighteen interceptions. Good year for him. I think he's just going to build on that. I think uh, I think the Bucks will be a force to be reckoned with next year. He's, yeah, he's never going to be one of those you know single digit interception guys. But if he can up those touchdown numbers, right? Yeah, if they start out. You know, early season next year, like they did mid, like they played mid season this year, they're going to be great. If they get some uh, some receivers beyond Mike Evans, yeah, well, yeah, it's going to be yeah, it's going to be one of those situations where just okay, let's cover Evans, yeah, you know, and good luck making a completion to anybody. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think they'll be back. I think they'll be ready to go next year with some minor adjustments. Um, the uh, so. Their season is over. Uh, the Panther season was over months ago. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not too. I'm not too torn up about that. Right. I'm not. I'm not very torn up about Tampa Bay not doing anything this year. Yeah. And Carolina <laughs> stinking it up all season. Yeah. Um, so Atlanta was the division winner there, and um, woo. So they were still alive for the number two seed. So was Seattle. Seattle needed a win and a Falcons loss. Well. With about 11 minutes left in the uh, Seahawks-Niners game, that looked looked like it wasn't going to happen. Niners were up 14-3. to Yeah. And they looked like they were just going to waste their chance. Well, the Niners wound up, you know, San Francisco-ing all over the place. Yep. And they lost. In front of everybody. In front of everybody. Uh, they lost that game 25-23. to So Seattle did their part. Yeah. They, they were in position. They just needed the Saints to come out. Nope. And take down the Falcons. Not going to happen. Not Almost happened. Almost. We came back and scored some points. Almost. Because the Saints were getting beat. Yeah. Um, 19 fourth quarter points for the Saints. Yeah. Yeah at, well, yeah. at one point, the game was 38 to 13, and the Saints came all the way back. Um, so, you, so you think that the late game yesterday was the biggest game? No, it wasn't. The biggest game was in fantasy football, in your league. Yeah. Yesterday, when I won the championship, <laughs> and a lot of it had to do with Drew Brees coming back, you know, and the Saints coming back and winning that. Um, this this game was notable uh, because Brees and Matt Ryan were in a race for the touchdown league uh, lead for the se- for the season. Yeah, um, Ryan threw four and ended the year with thirty eight, just barely nudging out Brees. Who ended with thirty-seven? Yep. Um, so, at the end of their games, they were one and two in touchdowns this year. Um, Drew Brees still has uh, man; he's got a lot more yards. Though. Oh yeah, well yeah, we'll get into league <laughs> leaders a little bit later. But it was just it was interesting to see that those two finished in the top three playing in that game yesterday. Yeah. Um, so Washington, Ugh. winning in. Yep. Well, winning in as long as Green Bay Detroit doesn't end in a tie. Yeah. But, so, so win basically, win in it. Well, we already had we we had a tie filled, every single week this we year. We filled our quota on right. those. So, oh, uh, so all they had to do was beat the Giants, a team that had already clinched, could do no better, could do no worse. At home in Maryland. At home, they didn't do it. 
Yeah, they stunk. Um, they were crap. They uh, they were down ten nothing at half. They didn't score their first points until twenty five seconds left in the third, which is a field goal. Uh, they tied it at ten with around eight minutes left in the game, and then Eli Manning marched the Giants down for a go-ahead field goal with about two minutes left. Um, that, was that the Eli Manning's entire offensive output for the day? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, he did not have a great game. Uh, 17 of 27 for 180. Yikes. Uh, he did finish the year with 4,027 yards, 26 touchdowns, and 16 interceptions. So he had a solid year. Um Obviously not the MVP year of a guy like Breeze or Ryan, um, but he still had a very good year. Now, How about Kirk Cousins coming in at third in yards? Yeah. Oh, yeah. In, I pa- mean, in passing yards yeah. behind Breeze and uh, Ryan. Yeah, uh, 4,917. Had they pulled it off on that last drive, he'd have gone over 5,000, I believe. Yeah, um, easy. So that the last play of this game was interesting. It's only um, 20 yards, wait. The Giants had uh, the Giants had him backed up. Washington does you know the throw it back to this guy to this guy to this guy. Well, unfortunately, they didn't draw it up too well because they only threw it back once, and it hit the turf, bounced up into a giant player's hands, who then returned it for a touchdown. Yep. There's there's a uh, there's an interesting uh, statistic about times when there needs to be a lateral. Yeah. Um, uh, John Boss or Boyce or however you say it uh, from SB Nation looked up all the times that a lateral was used in that well that a lateral was actually completed just in NFL in NFL okay uh, I think going back to like 2000 and there were 86 of them one of them worked <laughs> the Saints one where they then blew it on the extra point yeah. yep the uh, River City what was it I couldn't tell you. I don't know. But, yes, I remember that one against Jacksonville. Yeah. They had all those laterals, and then John Carney missed the extra point. John Carney, who had had two previous misses in his previous 273 extra point attempts. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's crazy. But teams keep trying it. Yeah. Well, I mean. It works so often in college football, though. Well, it's it's you either try it or you just get tackled, and you have no chance, you know? Right. Yeah, I guess you always gotta do something. Now, hold on, does it does it count? Does it count that Aaron Rodgers got face masked and then threw a hail mary? Uh, that no. worked. <laughs> no, because that there was no. The play was go out there, get it to Aaron. Aaron get face masked, then break Detroit's hearts by throwing a hail mary. That that wasn't a. Uh, that was more of a flea flicker type deal, trick play, as yeah. opposed to a desperation. Yeah, the right. la- yeah end of a game lateral. Yeah, so. Yakety sacks. Well, I like to, yeah. yeah. I think, so, it, I think it in the should book. Be played over every, every. Yeah, I think in the book it just says yakety sacks. We're running the yakety sacks, you guys. Don't screw it up. Like the last 85 guys that did it. Right. So, uh, Washington lo- losing took a little bit of the, the luster out of the Sunday night football matchup. A lot of people Yeah, because everybody. Everybody wins. Yeah, Everybody wins. Yeah, guaranteed that the Packers and the Lions yeah. would make it in some capacity. The winner, the winner was the division champion. The loser was a wild card. And in Detroit fashion, the Lions blew that two two game lead that they had built up over the Packers over the course of the season, 
and lost the division last night. Well, it was it was it wasn't a, so much a lead that they had built up over the Packers. It was a lead that the Packers had dug for for the yeah, Lions. Yeah, and well, yeah, it wasn't so much the Lions blowing it as it was the Packers just doing well. Right. They started out like crap. You know, the Packers sucked early in the season, and then they threw enough wins together to make it interesting at the end. Yeah. Well, so, I, I mean, but I mean, Detroit did lose three games in a row to end the season. Yeah. Yeah, but um, they still won a lot in the second half the, of the season. They still looked good at a lot of points in the second half right. of the season. The the Packers and Steelers actually had very similar season trajectories. Right. Yeah. They uh, Steelers started off with those four wins, and then they had the the troublesome central portion of their season. Yeah. Which and then was they reeled worse off for Green Bay than it was yeah. for Pittsburgh. And then they reeled off seven straight wins. Right. Um. So for uh. For Aaron Rodgers, uh, he came into the game with 36 touchdown passes in third place behind uh, Matt Ryan and Drew Brees. So he needed four, or he needed a sorry, he needed three to take the lead all by himself. He did it and added one more, got himself to 40 touchdowns on the year, 4,428 yards, 40 touchdowns, seven interceptions. Um, the Packers, their run game was kind of weird last night. They started the game running with their fullback, Aaron Ripkowski. Uh, he scored a touchdown, I'm pretty he, sure. Yeah, he scored a receiving touchdown. Yeah. Um, he finished the game with nine carries for 61 yards. Well, it's pretty hard. Um, he's not going to stick around for long because it's you can't you can't cheer his name whenever he does something. Did he, he run? Really, did he run more than superstar running back Aaron Rodgers? Uh, he did. He had fewer carries, but he had more yards. Um, Ty Montgomery, who was injured for part of the game, tweaked his leg at one point and had to leave, so he missed a good chunk in the middle had eight carries for 44 yards, and Aaron Rodgers had 10 carries for 42 yards. Um, Geronimo Allison. Okay. Geronimo Allison. You know, at this stage, whatever your name is, I don't care. Pocahontas McGee. Yeah. Um, good work, Tom. <laughs> Little Big Horn Johnson. <laughs> uh, <laughs> good Lord. Crazy Horse Stevens. Finished the game with four catches for 91 yards and a touchdown. Can do this all day. Um, he, this kid came out of nowhere. He was only playing because Randall Cobb was inactive. Yeah. And this kid comes out and puts up these numbers. Uh, great game for him. Devontae Adams had two touchdowns for the Packers. Um, for the Lions, Matt Stafford finished 26 of 41, 347 yards, two touchdowns, and a late interception, a costly interception late. Um, yeah. They moved the ball downfield. Pretty quickly, right around the two-minute warning, they come back from the two-minute break, down two touchdowns, and the way they moved the ball, there was no reason to think if they got the onside kick, they wouldn't be all right. Yeah. Well, he promptly throws the ball to Micah Hyde, who, as many of you know, plays for the Green Bay Packers. Um, so Green Bay took over at their own 20, ran a little time off the clock and punted, and then Matt Stafford came out and threw a Hail Mary touchdown pass to Anquan Bolden to cut the, to cut the lead to seven. Um, Anquan was great yesterday. He was. He had that one crossing route where he stiff-armed yes. Jake Ryan. I, I love watching him. I was texting with a Lions fan, and I said, uh, like, why don't you put him at halfback sometime? <laughs> right. You know, because of that body. Yeah, and, co and it, copy off the Packers in that regard. If, if, he, he, if you remember, like, he could, that body can take a lot. Remember when he got his face broken? Yeah, yeah up yeah. in New York. A couple years ago. Is he uh, signed past this season or i'm not sure are they gonna have to i thought it was a two-year deal I'm, i might be wrong about that but i thought it was two years yeah, I mean, cause I, I, they, they need him to stick around yeah i love bolden yeah. he's he's strong he's powerful dude he's a very hard worker 
Yeah. Um, I love I love watching him. He's been around a while. He's a vet. Yeah. Yeah. So uh yeah, if he if he comes back, uh, you know, they've still got Golden Tate and a couple of these young guys continue to develop and maybe they get a running back somewhere. Yeah, Jones Jones is great. Or at least, you know, a healthy running back. One that doesn't have one part of its leg missing. Oh, yeah, I mean, uh, Abdul, you know, Abdullah was hurt all year. What are you going to do? Right. Uh, here's the thing, though. I don't think he's that good anyway, so. I think he's good. They, he just hasn't had the time to play. I think Abdullah's really good. He just, <laughs> we didn't, he well, got he, hurt. <laughs> he needs to work on holding onto the ball and uh, blocking in, in those types of situations. Yeah. But, again, he's very young. Yeah, I don't know. I've never I've never been too impressed for him. I, by him, I've always been more impressed with Theo Riddick, who they won't hand the ball to. Yeah, they just want to run him out on these wheel routes, which is effective. It's working, but Theo Riddick can also run the football. Um, so everything's all set. The Packers win the North. The Lions get the wild card, so that sets us up for this weekend, Saturday at four thirty. We have the Raiders heading to Houston to take on the Texans. The Texans are favored by three. We don't know who's starting at quarterback for them. Yeah, Tom um, Savage got a concussion. Yes, yeah. yesterday yeah, he had on a, a quarterback sneak. They they pulled him out of the game, let him return to the game, and then at halftime reevaluated and said he was done for the game. Yeah, I guess he got dinged after he came back in, and that set off some red flags at halftime or something. From what they were talking about on uh, was it Football Night in America, I don't know, one of the poster pregame shows. Well, I. Uh, I know, Flo- I, know, I know if Florio said it, we shouldn't really buy it. I know Brock Osweiler is not a good quarterback. But if you want Tom Savage to be your quarterback of the future, I think, you know, you'll let him... You'll if, let he, him... if he's healthy, he goes? Yeah. I look at it this way. This is a game that no matter what has backup quarterbacks starting for both teams. Yeah. yeah. Because Brock Osweiler and Tom Savage are both backup quarterbacks. Yeah. Um, so then at 8.15, you have the Lions traveling to Seattle... Uh, the Seahawks are favored by seven and a half in that game, which is kind of weird, honestly, because the Seahawks have had some instances this year where they were not impressive on offense. Yeah, yeah like I mean, God knows which offense is going to show up. Is it going to be the offense that tied with what three points or something? Right, whatever that game what was, well, it? or seven to seven or whatever the heck that game was that tie. The dogs are moving. The dogs. There are dogs in the house and they're running around. Well, so. Sounds over like the, someone dropping grocery bags in my ears. <laughs> uh, over the last six for Seattle, uh, lost to Tampa Bay, beat Carolina. Lost to Green Bay, beat Los Angeles. Lost to Arizona, beat San Francisco. Yeah. So you'll notice something here. Tampa Bay, good team, barely missed out on the playoffs. Green Bay, made the playoffs. Arizona, yeah, they were not that good this year. However, um. Their offense did put up 23, 41, 34, and 44 over the last four weeks of the season. Actually, going back even farther, they put up 31 five weeks ago. So, you know, Arizona was a good team down the stretch. They finished out 3-2. and Um, So, Seattle struggled a bit recently against good teams. I don't necessarily believe that Detroit doesn't stand a chance like a lot of people are saying. Well, and, and honestly, yeah, they got a chance. Seattle's defense has not been as stellar as, as it had been previously. Well, I mean, ever since Earl Thomas went down. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've seen Sherman get beat on a lot of stuff this year. So funny what happens when he doesn't get to just camp out on one side of the field. 
I mean, he's great, but he's yeah, he's had to do a lot of he's had to pick up a lot of slack. Yeah, and that's hard to do. It's hard to cr- cover that entire field. Yeah, I mean, you you when when you think about the the top flight defensive backs in the league, they are almost exclusively covering one side of the field, right? Or covering one guy all game. That's why you know, give me give me a guy like uh, Casey Hayward out in San Diego or uh, Akeem Talib who. We'll cover outside, inside, uh, you know, yeah. drop back into the safety position on, you know, third and 20, whatever. Yeah. Give me those guys. You know, Sherman's going to get beat if he has to go across the formation. It's just going to happen. So, um, but, yeah, I don't I don't think Detroit is as, is as done as everyone thinks they might be. Uh, I know a lot of people last night after the games were talking that it was pretty much a loss for whichever team lost uh, Sunday night football. Yeah, it does suck that they have to travel three thousand miles, or whatever it is. Yeah, <laughs> to Seattle. Yeah, uh, uh, it's you know that's gonna be rough. But at least I have the nice weather up there to oh, <laughs> yeah, nice, uh, nice and sunny. So Sunday at one o'clock, we have the Dolphins traveling to Pittsburgh. Uh, Pittsburgh's favored by ten. I honestly think that's a bit much if Ryan Tannehill is back and they think that he could be. Um, hey, if uh, if we do end up staying over and in, in- in Pittsburgh? Yeah, what are you... Oh, yeah. Are we, what, are we trying to go to this thing? <laughs> no, it's. I'm sure it's already sold out. Oh, yeah. just hang out in a bar down there. That would be fun enough. Um, I don't... Yeah, this is this is the game where everyone's like, Pittsburgh's winning, it's a no doubt. Um, I think they have the best chance out of any of these teams. If Jay Ajayi does not play, <laughs> then they will win handily. Yeah, well... Um, I mean, I, I will probably wind up picking Pittsburgh, but I don't think it's going to be a blowout, um, which is all the talk that I've been hearing. Yeah, this is interesting for Miami. When's the last time they were this far? Uh, last playoff appearance for them. Oh. So that's already bad. Something? Oh four, oh five, maybe? I don't know. I c- More than 10 years. Right. Uh, and then in the late game, we had the Giants traveling to Green Bay to take on the Packers. Rest in peace, Green Bay Packers. This... See, I don't buy. I don't buy that. The Giants made the playoffs. They're winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. yeah okay. I, the San Francisco Giants made the playoffs. They didn't win the World Series. I want to see. I just want to see the Giants beat the Patriots again. That's what I'm pulling <laughs> yep. for. Well, I do not. And I'm I, just tired of hearing about the Packers. Honestly, I got to be totally honest with you. I'm tired of hearing about the Packers. I want to see the Giants. Just, I want to see Brady knocked out again. But. So are you, are you talking in regards to the win streak? Because the last few years has not been the Packers' time. So no, I'm just you hear about them all freaking day. <laughs> At least I do. But I, I don't know. I want to see. Uh, I really want to see Manning and Brady again. That's always fun to me. Well, I I do believe Patri- the winner of this game probably represents the NFC, and I actually think Green Bay does have the edge in this. The way Aaron Rodgers has been playing, and the fact that. Jordy Nelson is back to full speed, and Jared Cook is healthy. Yeah. I, it, I think Green Bay probably has this one. Giants beat Dallas twice, and I think yeah. that's kind of, uh, I think that kind of evens it out a little bit. I think that, you know, I think it kind of spells spells out that the Giants are going to have an easier time, could have an easier time in this game. Yeah. And they beat Dallas twice, and that's not easy. Not very many people beat Dallas this year. Right. Oh, just them and the Eagles. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and the Eagles beat them in a garbage game that didn't matter, where no, where none of the starters played. Right, Zeke didn't play, Dak didn't play. Right, 
I don't know. I just, I don't I don't think there's a clear cut winner in this game as far you know going into it. I don't I I'm not gonna say with 100 percent certainty that Green Bay is going to win. Um, I could see New York coming in and doing that thing that they do in Green Bay a lot. Um, but keep in mind these teams already played this year and Green Bay did win pretty handily. Um, so the this is actually I guess this isn't the biggest coin flip game as far as I'm concerned because Oakland Houston is the biggest coin flip but um well that's just more a uh somebody knocks a, a cup full of dice onto the floor and then looks at how they land yeah that's more of like flip a coin into a, like go ahead and flip the coin but we're we don't really care like we're gonna go and do some other stuff that we think is more important right later we're gonna come back and check on the coin and see how the coin is doing the coin, the coin will have grown moldy, and whoever win, who, whatever the coin says, you know that team's going to lose next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the thing. They're, they they really a, are just playing for the right to lose. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, I think there will be a lot of a lot of intrigue in at least two of these games. Uh, we'll see. It all it all begins on Saturday at four thirty. So. Looks like uh, 2008 was Miami's last appearance. There we go. No, that's more recent than I... Uh... Yeah, but before that it was 2001. Oh. <laughs> that's why you're thinking. Okay. That's why you think that's why it's more recent. Wait, so after this year it'll be another nine years. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> plus seven, plus eight, plus nine, yep. <laughs> so, uh, on the flip side of Better things... Better make you count. We've talked about the playoffs, and now it's time to talk about the teams that didn't make it. The draft order is set for the top 20 picks. Who boy. Who uh who's going to trade and get the Browns first pick? Uh, you know. Uh maybe Chicago. Who's going to benefit from the Browns totally screwing up their uh draft? Here's the thing though. There's no I don't think there's a clear-cut quarterback to take it Everybody one, so benefits. I say trade it. Yeah. I actually I actually am in favor of trading it this time. Um but so then they won't. So who are the Browns taking? <laughs> right. So yeah. So then they'll, they'll pick a quarterback that isn't ready instead of a defensive end who could probably win everything. Right. Uh, so Cleveland is number one. San Francisco two. Chicago three. Jacksonville four. Tennessee from Los Angeles at five. The Jets at six. San Diego at seven. LA really screwed that one up. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Carolina at eight. Cincinnati at 9, Buffalo at 10. Uh, Buffalo wins a tiebreaker with New Orleans and Philadelphia to get the 10 spot. New Orleans comes in at 11. Philadelphia's pick goes to Cleveland. They win a tiebreaker by being worse. Their strength of schedule was worse than... Yeah. Yeah. That's how, I think that's the first tiebreaker. Yeah, I think that's the first tiebreaker, strength of schedule. I don't think head-to-head or anything comes into play there. Uh, Cleveland picks at 12 uh, from Philadelphia. The Cardinals at 13. Indianapolis and Philadelphia from Minnesota uh, are in a tie for 14. That means everything is tied all the way down, and they're going to have to flip a coin to determine the draft order there. Uh, what? Yeah. If, it, if, if there is no tiebreaker, no possible tiebreaker, no common games, Can no head-to-head. Go alphabetically? They flip a coin. Or is it alphabetically by city or team name? That could be truck. Do you, know how, do you know how Martin and Lewis got their name? Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis, their, their tandem? No. Dean Martin told him, well, we're going to do it alphabetically. It's going to be Martin and Lewis. <laughs> Dean and Jerry. Yeah. 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 L comes before the other letter. Yep. Um, 
Baltimore at 16, Washington, Tennessee, Tampa, Denver rounding out the top 20. Um, we don't do mock drafts, but for you guys, for our loyal listeners, we're still not going to do them. Woo! No, we, we might throw together the official Ballpark Bros. Uh, mock drafts are mock annoying. Draft. Uh, and I think the way that we'll do it is maybe we'll just go around the table as if we were the GMs ourselves and not necessarily yeah. like what we think they're going to do, but like what we would do. Mock drafts are, uh, I think if you do a mock draft, and so many people do like a million mock drafts, it's a sign of insanity. <laughs> I think it's, I think you're just getting too, yeah, like, I don't know. Uh, it's, well, it's kind of outrageous. It, it's, it's nice to look at. It. I mean, even if you don't put it down on paper, everyone kind of does one in their head because you look like we're talking about like, right. well, what does Cleveland need? Is Cleveland going to draft Watson or Kaiser, or are they going to go with the defensive player? So like, we are kind of making one. We're just not yeah, well, writing it down. We know what the player, yeah, what the team needs are, but right. I, but as far as like sitting there and doing a mock draft, like if you do, if you sit down and go beyond the first round doing a mock draft, you probably had something better you could have done that day. <laughs> you could have mowed the lawn. You could have cleaned out the garage. You could have done something other than pick the second through seventh round right. of a mock draft. Right. Yeah. No, it, uh, I, I will never understand the people who get paid to do that. Uh, I, I wish I could understand that because I'd like to do it. Get paid for doing a mock draft? I, I understand anything that gets paid. Yeah. I, I know, but. In the NFL. Because people, because there are. There not are just those, the NFL, man. NHL, NBA. Yeah, because Tom, there's that guy that should be cleaning out his garage, but instead he's watching this and giving you ratings, or he's clicking on this and giving you, and giving you, you know, money. But in That's mo- why they do it. In most professions, being wrong is seen as a bad thing. Yeah. Well, we. How many, you know, every news station in the country has a weather guy. Yep. <laughs> weather guy or girl who's going to screw it up. That's exactly where I was going to go. Yeah, I mean, people pay for this. People want people want this. I don't want this, but people do. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll, like I said, we'll, we may throw it out as just like, if we were the Browns, this is what we would do. Not necessarily fold. what we think they're yeah. going to yeah, do. Yeah, fold. Um, if I'm the Browns, I'm just. Yeah. So. Move out of town in the middle of the night. Um, so in that, in that top 20, um, well, let's see, three of the top four teams will be drafting underneath a, uh, a new head coach. Yeah, that'll, uh, that'll tend to happen. Uh, cause, well, I guess not, it's not a hundred percent done, but I know they've said that they're going to bring him back, but I got to think John Fox loses his job today. I, oh, yeah. uh, it's, it's speculating on my part. I just, I don't know. Right. We'll, we'll see, but. Um, I'll, I'll check really fast because these things kind of just happen when we're sitting here. Right. Nothing yet. Nothing yet. Most, it, the most recent story, I think, is still Kubiak as far as the coaching okay. tracker. Yeah. Um, so I do know that uh, Chip Kelly did get fired this yeah. morning. So, yeah, Kelly got fired. We read about that last night. Yeah. Coach, actually. Coaching changes we've had so far this year. San Francisco fired Chip Kelly. Jacksonville fired Gus Bradley. San Diego fired Mike McCoy last night. Yeah, that was yesterday. Uh, Buffalo fired Rex Ryan. And... Rob Ryan. And Rob Ryan. <laughs> and Gary Kubiak stepped down as the head coach of the Denver Broncos. Um, just glancing through here. Oh, and Los Angeles fired Jeff Fisher. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so, then, so do we know if Rivera's coming back? Do we know if Peyton's coming back? Oh, I, well, Peyton's an interesting case. Uh, Rivera, yes, I, I, I believe Rivera comes back. I Because mean, they were talking about this a couple weeks ago or last week or whatever about Rivera. 
it seems a little iffy. I mean, it's just last year he was in the Super Bowl with a fifteen and one team. I mean, I, I that that's got to at least buy you a year. Right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, a year like it, it, that buys you yeah two years. Yeah, you yeah you get you, you get can, a year to suck. You can make excuses, and then yeah, if they suck next year as bad or worse, he's he's probably a mid season fire. Right. Um. So Sean Payton, it may not be that he gets fired. It may be that he is well quote-unquote, traded to the Los Angeles Rams. Yeah. Uh, stories coming out last night saying the Rams are very interested. The way this works is that the Rams would negotiate a contract with... Well, they would negotiate a deal with the Saints. They would give them compensation for the right to negotiate a deal with Sean Payton. Now, if they couldn't reach a deal with Payton, the deal with the Saints is void, and Payton remains the coach of the Saints. Yeah. If they do strike a deal with Peyton, he becomes their head coach. They send draft picks in cash to New Orleans. This is the same thing that um, the Raiders and Bucks did all those years ago with John Gruden. Uh, draft picks in cash is the name of my next band. Draft picks in cash. Uh, so, and Garfunkel. My thing is... And Oates. My thing is, with, with Sean Peyton, I don't know how you feel about this being a fan of the team. The man's been 7-9 and nine for three straight years. No, I'm not impressed. I, we've talked about this all all season. Why does LA want him? That's Jeff Fisher. Uh, yeah, yeah, but he's Jeff he, Fisher with a ring, but he doesn't have a mustache. Yeah, that's true. Well, I think ring that, equals mustache. I think Sean Payton is a better coach than Jeff Fisher still today. So I think it's it's something LA. You know, I, I can see why they're willing to try it. Uh, well, yeah, and it Sean Payton has been better in the past. Jeff Fisher. I believe has only had six winning seasons yeah, as a head coach. He's built his career. How up. many? How many has Peyton had? I don't know, but it's got to be more off than the, that. I can off the top of my head think of four. It's got to be better than that. I I still think that regardless of who's got more winning seasons, that Sean Payton is a better coach to, than Jeff Fisher. I mean, Jeff Fisher. Do we even have to talk about it? He couldn't find his flag. No, I'm not saying I'm not saying that Fisher's better. Sean I'm Payton just... knows where his flags are. I you know. I'm just trying to. It's right next to I'm just trying to say. Cat. I mean, Sean Payton's book isn't closed. I actually no. don't. I actually don't think Fisher's is either. No. Payton could go to L.A. and go three and thirteen for three years and get the boot. And at that point, I'd have to say that Fisher is the better coach. But we got to wait and see. Um, but I, if I'm L.A., why do you want Sean Payton? I don't know. Who else do you? Who I mean, hire a guy that doesn't have three, seven, and nine years under his belt. Hire someone new. That um, the big name that I'm hearing is Anthony Lynn. The coordinator in Buffalo, bring him in for an interview. See what he's got. Well, I I think it's players are going to tend to go play for a coach whose name they recognize, and if if the Rams want to get better, they're going to have to bring some new people in. Well, yeah, definitely. But there doesn't matter who the coach is at this point. They're building through the draft. They're not going to be signing big name free agents. Nobody's going to want to go there regardless because they saw how Jared Goff played this year. They saw how that offensive line blocked for Todd Gurley. They're not going to want to go there because of Sean Payton. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there's a reason to want to go play for them, regardless of who's there. I mean, who's who is who is the big free agent that New Orleans signed in Payton's time there? Um, Billy Footballman. Thank you for proving my point. Well, with the Saints, they developed these guys. I mean, right, and they, that's, they well, made and that, these guys work. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've made Ingram work. We've made all these guys work. Yeah, and it's it's not a case of drafting a guy who's you know, top of the league right away. It's it's a case of you have to... I mean, when was Colston picked? 
Right. You know, he was picked pretty late. Right. And I think that's good. I think that's good coaching to, you know, get Drew and Drew Brees and Marcus Colson to have the amount of throws and receptions well, that but, they had. But also, it's Mickey Loomis finding yeah. these guys. You know, I mean, you can't. It's not all on Sean Payton. Yes, he did do a phenomenal job those first uh, f- four or five years. Yeah. It, you know, it's just. In the NFL, it's always "What have you done for me lately?" And oh yeah, I don't know why you would like when when Bill Parcells got the Cowboys job. I'm just like, why? Yeah, well, I think I think that Peyton with the change of scenery has a chance to benefit, though. Yeah, I, I, things have grown stagnant for him. I think. Yeah, everybody's over New Orleans. Like nobody cares about New Orleans right now. I think he's one of one of those people that doesn't care about <laughs> New Orleans right now. Yeah, um, I. Th- for New Orleans, if this if this does happen and, and Peyton does go to Los Angeles, I would like for them to bring in a defensive minded head coach. I think that could get them back to where they need to be. They're fine on the offensive side of the ball. Sean Peyton has given all the knowledge he possibly has to Drew Brees over these last. Yeah, well, they're fine for right now, but God only knows how long Drew's going to be around. Exactly, so uh, that's, well, it's still kind of an issue. But the, I mean, you bring in a defensive minded coach that gives them a three to four year window. Yeah. That they can be competitive with Drew Brees because honestly, the way he's playing, why can't he play four more years? Right, he was the yeah, he was the yards yeah. leader again. You know, almost the touchdown leader. So I don't see I don't see why you can't uh, why you can't do that. So of the openings right now, I'm gonna 100 percent disqualify Denver right off the bat because we all know that's the obvious answer. San Francisco, Jacksonville, Los Angeles, San Diego, Buffalo. You're a head coach with your pick. Which job do you take? Buffalo. Well, yeah, I was going to go Buffalo, too. <laughs> yeah? Um, yeah, because, well, Rob Ryan is gone. You can get somebody who knows what they're doing as a defensive coordinator. Maybe try and get Wade Phillips to come on over. Come back? Yeah. Bring him back in. And uh, What the heck's going on at quarterback out there? Nobody knows, but... <laughs> you see that they threw together a highlight reel for the Bills and Tyrod Taylor wasn't in it? Yikes. <laughs> That's that's ridiculous because he had a couple of pretty good games this season. They're going to cut him. Yeah, I know, but yeah. the, that's the team. Well, yeah, that's the the team. Does, the management doesn't they don't, like it. They don't want him to get that twelve million dollars. Yeah, that's why they put him on the IR. Yeah, they want him healthy by March. That's why he had the surgery before the season even ended. They're going to get rid of him, and they're not going to bring Manuel back. And they're so Cardell Jones will be the only quarterback on the roster next year. Until they until uh, they draft Deshaun Kaiser. <laughs> well. We'll and see. then end up in the same boat, essentially. Yeah. Kaiser needs to be one of those guys like, like Paxton Lynch who got drafted by a better team and didn't have to play right away. Yeah. There's a hockey thing I just came across. Wayne Simmons got in a fight. He was completely shirtless in this fight. Put that, that uh, put that on the Facebook. <laughs> that, that happened in a game. I think that was uh, – it might have been one of the big – yes, I think it was one of the big Detroit brawls from back in the day. With Colorado, where they had all, where they had the whole Draper saga and Lemieux, where I, I believe it was in one of those fights where a player was like completely shirtless. So I'm the only guy who took look, his skate I'm, off and tried to stab a guy with it. I'm looking at this picture here, and I don't know who he's fighting. Uh, Kevin Biaxa, he's fighting. So that's a big name. Well, was a big name when he played for Vancouver. I don't uh, know. That's only a but few it, letters. But anyways, you've got uh, you got shoulder pads flying through the air. And Wayne Simmons is going for a shot to the kidneys, it looks like, on Biaxa. He's he's going to get that uppercut and knock him out in one punch. I think he, knows, he looks like he knows what he's doing. I'm going to watch this fight. 
That's pretty awesome. There are there are uh, people who will train you to fight in hockey. I, I'm, I believe that, like, I think, I don't know who it was, but people have, like, you know, hired these guys to teach them how to fight on ice. Yeah, I mean, it's completely different from any sort of, uh, I guess, normal type of fighting that you would do. I mean... He actually gets some shots in. And he has his helmet on the whole time. So Bex is still wearing his helmet, and Wayne Simmons doesn't even have a shirt on. That's not fair. Well, you will get a penalty if you take off your own helmet. <laughs> He's laughing. This is fun to watch. It's not a great fight, but it is funny when a guy's shirt comes off in hockey. <laughs> yeah, especially since they're supposed to have that strap that keeps it on. Yeah. It was right off the face-off, too. Gloves just flew. They, were, they talked about it. Man. Go look up this fight. I'll post it. Yeah, make sure you get that get that up on there. Got a little sidetracked here, but this is yeah. always fun to watch. Right. I'm gonna I'll link this. Um, so uh, I don't know where we were now. Oh, we're talking about football. We're talking about jobs we take. You guys both said Buffalo. Yeah. I think because that's the only team I remember you said. So. Um, I would say Jacksonville, but every season you think, oh, they're going to be better. They're going to be better, and they're worse. They're actually, somehow worse. I'm actually going to go in the complete opposite direction, and I'm going to say San Francisco because you are going to have a clean slate. You will have nothing standing in your way. You're going to be able to cut whomever you choose. No one is safe. You're going to suck for a couple of seasons, though. As long as you and the GM have an understanding, because they're getting a new GM, too. As long as you and the GM have an understanding that you get your full three years, I think it's all right. I, I would prefer the clean slate as opposed to a GM hiring his second coach, which is the situation in all of the other jobs. Actually, I think the San Diego GM is hiring like his third or fourth coach. Oh. So something tells me it's not the coach. Yeah. Dogs. The dogs have something to say. The dogs would take... Eric, translate what your dogs are saying. Which coach? To, which job would they rather have out of these? There you have it. Is there even a team? There's not even a team in the league named after a dog, except for like the Browns have that mascot. Right. They and should just change their name to a real team name. The, Cl- a, the Cleveland real team. The Browns not even a color, you know. The Cleveland doggos. The Cleveland doggos. They should bring back the, the Elf Cle- logo. The Cleveland good dogs. Call them that. But they're not. They're bad at football. Yeah, well, this might help. This might motivate them to live up to their team name. Because right now they're living up to their team name, which is just brown. <laughs> they're playing some very brown football. If I Yeah, if I had to characterize this with the color, you know. Like you're not playing red football, which is, in my mind, kind of exciting. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's not even like a, a full brown color. color. It's that... It's that... <laughs> Middle of winter, after a couple of warm days and everything's melted, and then it goes right back to being winter. Yeah. It's that color yeah. of brown. Yeah, that's the brown that they're playing at. We need them at a far more exciting brown. Oh, boy. All right, so uh, a couple of retirements. Steve Smith and Robert Mathis calling it a career. Yeah. Um, Smith... Split his time between the Panthers and Ravens during his time in the NFL. Um, one of those toughest nails going to get you every last yard, no matter what it does to his body, players. And it, it did some stuff to his body, yeah. too, at the end there. Tiny, tiny guy. 
five foot nine. Yeah. Um, just That's smaller than Tom. Not a that is smaller than Tom. Not built to be a receiver. Um, and Robert Mathis, the longtime Colts defensive end, and I believe later on when they were in a three four for a time linebacker. We'll just call him Sackmaster. Um, yeah. He, uh, he is calling it a career. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the video after the game. He said the very first game ball he ever got, uh, he gave it to his mother. Um, and she had, she had since passed away. Uh, so he got the game ball after yesterday's game uh, upon his retirement and turned it over to his wife. So... The, the two most important ladies in his life, he uh, honored them with his first and uh, last game balls in the NFL. So that was kind of a sweet moment when he was announcing his retirement after the game. If um, that's it for retirements, I don't know of uh, anyone else looking to call it a career. There's a couple of people who should. I'll retire. Should. All right, David's out. David retires. Goodbye, everybody. We didn't thank get you. you a watch or anything. Thank or... you. Thank you and good night. I got you this. Uh, I can't wear a watch though because of the OCD. Yeah. If I, I have to wear something on the other wrist too, get yourself a Fitbit. And get a watch and a Fitbit. Yeah. Yeah. That probably that's I'm like it's really bad. That have to be like the same band. Right. Like. No, I get that. I can't I, have like a rubber thing on one and a metal thing on. It's not gonna. Well, work if out. we had each gotten him a watch, if both of you got me the same watch, we'd be good. So, way to go. We'll do that, but what we're going to do is we're going to open one of them up and we're just going to put like a little tiny screw in one. We're going to tape it in there so it's just slightly heavier and you know he'll notice. Oh, I'll notice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, so ending the year, uh, we got stat leaders. Leading the league in passing yards, as we discussed, Drew Brees. Fifth time going over 5,000 yards passing. All NFL quarterbacks not named Drew Brees have done this a combined four times. Yeah. The man is a first ballot Hall of Famer, hands yes. down. Oh, yes. I don't care if he's only going to get this one like, Super Bowl. Yeah, like the, the resume was <laughs> yeah. the resume was kind of light after that first Super Bowl. And you're like, yeah, eh, he's one of those borderline guys. And then 5,000, 5,000, 5,000, 5,000. Yeah. He's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, he's Hall of um, Fame right away. I can't wait for that day. I mean, I'll probably go to that one. If he plays three, if he plays three more years, he's going to break Manning's record. And there's no reason to say he's not going to play. He's, right. Um, you know, Brady, Brady's always brought up talking about he's going to play 10 more years. Every season he says, I'll play 10 more years. And you don't always believe it, but if Drew said that, I think I'd believe he's going to play at least half of that. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would I would buy that too. And he's going to play at least three of those years at the level he's currently playing. Yeah. Yeah, I I think he's, I think he's got a, a darn good shot of ending... Ending his career as a passing leader. Yeah, because moving like um, when you watch him move, he doesn't. He's not slowing down. He's still very energetic, very mobile. Right. I mean, he's still good. You just got to keep him safe. Yeah. He. Uh, you know, his career tra- trajectory, even though he's passed for you know more yards per season, reminds me a lot of Brett Favre's. Yeah. He overcame yeah. the adversity early on. Favre's was painkillers. His was a shoulder injury. He got the one Super Bowl. Yep. And now he's just padding stats. Yeah, he's beloved. And, thing. Yeah, and and yeah. and yeah, he has he has that same status down in New Orleans. Well, may, maybe not quite the same, but as close as you can get that Brett Favre had in those post Super Bowl years in Green Bay. Yeah, I mean, well, well, having not spent his whole career in New Orleans, he 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 
hasn't reached that sort of legendary status there. I mean, he's he's seen as, you know, the star. He's he's he doesn't ever have to buy a beer again. <laughs> right. Um but, you know, Brett Favre was the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. Um so yeah, I, I don't think uh I don't think anything that's going to change like it did for Favre. I think uh, Breeze, even if he goes somewhere else, is going to be all right. But uh, um, So, passing touchdowns, we talked the title went to Rodgers. Yeah. Um, again, another guy. He got that one Super Bowl, and you're like, eh, borderline case. Rodgers is a future Hall of Famer. I I think it's a no-brainer. Yeah, well, the touchdown-interception ratio, the quarterback rating, over the, 100 year after year. All the top quarterbacks in the, in the league today, I think, you know, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Ben Roethlisberger, uh, Eli Manning even. You yeah. Know? Oh, yeah. I know we talked about that off air a little bit. Yeah. Tom and I had a debate over whether or not uh, Eli has a place in the Hall of Fame. I say he does. He does because of the Super Bowl wins. His stats are not as as yeah, he'll have stellar a- as as some of the other quarterbacks even the quarterbacks drafted in the same class yeah no i i agree with that but there i mean terry bradshaw's in the hall of fame so yeah. you have to put eli manning in the hall of fame well give him another two super bowls and he's right in there uh, yeah i he's well, a better quarterback manning's going to win a super bowl this year as we already stated <laughs> right. as we stated right. earlier yeah. right he's going to beat tom brady I gotta be honest. If it is a if it is a Giants Patriots matchup, I'm going to be so tired of it that I probably won't watch. Yeah, I'll watch it just because. I'll watch it because it's you know, I like watching. I've watched every single Super Bowl since like 1990, except both Steelers wins. So you're not watching this year, right? <laughs> if they make it, if the Steelers make the Super Bowl, I won't watch it, and they'll win. I thank you. But yeah, the the only Super Bowls I've missed in the past almost 30 years is. Uh, just the two Steelers wins. See, I did watch the Steelers lose to Dallas, though. Ah, yeah. So it does. And you watched them lose to Green Bay. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So you. So the two that the Steelers won. So so right. So really, there's no way to know. So that just interesting question. What is the first Super Bowl each one of you remembers? Now David is two years uh, older than me, and I'm a year older than Tom. So I gotta, hold on, I can't remember. First one that I remember, remember. Uh, is probably the Rams Titans the, that I actually remember watching. Oh, really? Wow! Wow! I I recall being aware of some of the other ones, but I don't know that I actually watched or paid attention to them. That's crazy because I made a big deal about the Packers Super Bowl Thirty One, and I mean you were sitting right next to me on the couch the whole time. I mean, obviously, I'm going to remember that a little bit more than you. Well, I, I but mean, I would think that that would be one of your. I recall being aware of it. I recall, but I don't actually remember any of the game. Like if I go back and watch the highlights, it it it's like a new game. It would all be new to me. Mine's probably twenty seven or twenty eight, which were both Cowboys wins over the Bills. That makes a little. I I, I remember. Tw- I know. I remember twenty nine distinctly. The Niners over the Chargers. That like, makes a little bit of like, sense because that's the first one that I remember. Yeah. So if you remember one of the Cowboys ones, right, right. that makes a little bit of sense. Yeah, I, and like because I remember. The thing I remember most about twenty nine is Steve Young to Jerry Rice. Yeah. Oh, no, the, I, the one you guys know which one I'm talking about, right yeah, down the yeah, middle. Yeah. yeah. So like, yeah, like that's the first Super Bowl I have distinct well, I th- memories. I think of. for for me, if we're going by just bits and pieces of distinct memories, oh, no, I mean then, I, I remember most of that Super Bowl. Like so, if we're if we're just going by bits and pieces, then it's uh, thirty two. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. recall the, the Broncos and Packers, the yeah. Terrell Davis. Uh, untouched touchdown run and 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 uh, 
Elway's helicopter. Yeah. And, you know, I, I recall that, but I don't, like, have the memory of the whole game and sitting down and watching it. Right. Yeah, I remember the Cowboys ones just because, as a kid, I was a Cowboys fan. Right. You know, when I was a little kid, I was a Cowboys fan because why not? I mean, if you were a Bills fan, it sucked. Right. <laughs> right. It was great for uh, the regular season, and then it sucked. Yeah. So, so Dave remembers, like, Super Bowl twenty seven. I remember 29, and Tom is 32, so eh, about right. I mean... It goes back. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so back into the stat leaders. Uh, quick quick sidebar there. Um, rushing leader, Zeke Elliott, 1,631 yards. Um, strong case for MVP. Definite rookie of the year in my eyes. Uh-huh. Um, rushing touchdown leader, LeGarrette Blunt, 18 touchdowns. 18 million points. Um, the player that finished in second, David Johnson, uh, got injured during the first quarter yesterday. Could have had a shot at tying Blunt, and actually did have the lead league in overall touchdowns with twenty. Um, I think he's an MVP candidate. Johnson, yeah, mm-hmm. yep. I he kind was... of agree, but he was on a losing team, so he's yeah. not going to get the love that he should. Yeah, he won't get the con- he won't get as much consideration because yeah. the Cardinals stunk. But... Yeah. Um, but yeah, David Johnson was incredible. His uh, injury yesterday probably won the fantasy game for me. Yeah, the fantasy championship. Um, <laughs> Le'Veon Bell actually tweeted about his injury, talking yeah. about how the refs yeah. should have blown the whistle earlier. Oh, they should the have let. Though, him... I mean, it was already happening. Like I, yeah, I mean, I get it, but the play was already happening. Like blowing the whistle early wouldn't have stopped them falling down like they did. It might have. They they would have maybe let up i mean it's 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 a case of where you where you don't know but and i mean it's and, e- it's yeah. easy to say it in that situation but the next time that Le'Veon bell gets just stood up but breaks out of it and runs and they've blown the whistle he'll throw a fit well yeah because he's not david johnson so actually uh, i don't know he's he's had a couple of uh leg injuries like that i think yeah he, he might be all right with it but um uh, so the receiving leader was a cardinal uh re- receptions leader was a cardinal uh larry fitzgerald 107 receptions. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, Still trucking. Good on him. He's Possibly his last year. Better not be. No. So, um, he has said it's Arizona or nowhere next year. Oh. Dang it. He's never going to get a Super Bowl. So, Poor guy. Um, See, that's on him now. <laughs> T.Y. Hilton of the Colts uh, with 1,448 yards led the league in receiving yards. Um, and receiving touchdowns. Not that big of a surprise. When the passing leader is Aaron Rodgers, the receiving leader is going to be Jordy Nelson with 14. You, you had to assume it was going to be a Packer when Rodgers puts up 40. I know uh, Julio was pretty high on the list, and there was a Saint up there too. I can't remember which one. Um, and the sack leader was Atlanta's Vic Beasley at 15 and a half. Not bad. So, I mean, you can do better. Um, 23, 24, something like that. Yeah. And so NFL records, as we mentioned, uh, Breeze extended his own record of multiple 5,000-yard seasons. Um, Michael Thomas was that saying. He's at number nine. Okay. Yeah. I knew they had, I knew they had one up towards the top ten. Um, yeah, it was Fitzgerald, Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham, Edelman, Nelson, Evans, Baldwin, Landry, Thomas, Hilton. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, Breeze did have a record of his broken. Yeah. He held the record for a completion percentage in a season at 71.2. Is uh, that what it was? God, I don't know. And uh, it, was, it was broken by Sam Bradford, who finished 
just barely better at 71.6. or Sam Bradford. Yeah, by Sam Bradford. What a terrible way to lose a record. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing that you got to think about with that. Breeze did it, you know, by forcing the ball downfield. Bradford did it by throwing four-yard passes all year. Yeah. What was his average... What was average yard per pass? I'm actually looking that up right now. Unfortunately, the interwebs is lacking. Way to go, interwebs. Yeah, he, he completed 71.6% of his passes. Um, he, oh, come on. No advanced stats, guys? I'm sure Drew still probably has the most games with at least 80%. Well, I'll tell you this. He completed <laughs> one pass over 20 yards. Yeah, that's incredible. That's, that's, just, what, that's what it looks like reading through these stats. Uh, that's oh, That's awful. His, his yards per game was 258, but, yeah, I don't know why. No, oh, no, I'm sorry. I was looking at it. Hold on. I was looking at something wrong. I'm sorry. He did have passes over 20 yards. Okay. Yeah, there's no way that you're not going to have passes over 20 yards, the way they were playing. I'm, for... glad, I'm glad that that joke happened because yeah. it just underscores how, you know, how little he threw downfield. Uh, no, he actually did have 49 completions over 20 yards. Um but uh, still, it just seemed like every single thing was a crossing route. Yeah, yeah, and, I, that, and that can tear up and that can tear up a defense, and that's right. probably why they were had so much success early on in the season. Yeah. Well, and those are those are the uh, those are the high percentage passes, you know. Yeah. Well, and his and his his career high before this was sixty five last year. So, and that is the Vikings' offense. It's a lot of short crossing patterns. Teddy Bridgewater benefited from the same thing uh, last year. So. We had uh, Bradford taking over that record. Uh, we mentioned Breeze taking over the record from Nick Foles' uh, touchdown-to-interception ratio. Um, Aaron Rodgers, I believe, came the f- became the fourth player in NFL history to have 40 passing touchdowns and over 4,000 yards more than once in his career. Um, actually, I believe that's a list that Drew Breeze is surprisingly not a member of. Which list is that? 40 touchdowns and over 4,000 yards um, more than once in your career. Oh, yeah, probably not. Uh, next year. Yeah, he's got time. Because um, I know while he always does put up the yardage, he doesn't seem to always get those touchdown marks. Well, they they do have that running game, too. That I mean, it, it this year it wasn't just Drew Brees. Right. Yeah, we do we do usually have a lot of running, yeah. I mean, it going all the way back to Deuce McAllister. Yeah. Saints have had good running. We've gone through, With, and we we get a lot of big names. We've had Ivory and Ingram, and we've had Bush, and we've had McAllister, and we've had all these other guys. Thomas, Pierre Thomas yeah. was incredible for us. He was a fantasy star for me that one year. Yeah, he was a Super Bowl hero. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, man, I wish I could find the, trying to find the article that um, gave that stat about 40 touchdowns and 4,000 yards. It's gone. It's, forever. It's, it's gone. It's gone forever. The interweb scrubbed it away because they knew. Yep, the Ministry of Truth got a hold of that one. That I would come looking. 1984, that right out of there. Yep, into the memory hole. Right down the memory hole. Time to scroll. Scroll, scroll, scroll. <laughs> Scrolling away. Scroll, scroll. All right, I'm not this portion that. of the episode is just you guys waiting for us to find stuff on our phones. Right. Oh, yeah. Except I finally got my laptop cord. I have my tablet, too. So Yeah, I finally got my lap. I finally found my laptop cable. It was, like, under a dresser or something. Yeah. Um, so I'm pretty jazzed about that. Got my little station set up over here. 
couple of totes stacked on top of each other in my laptop. So this is a war room. We're not. <laughs> we're now in a war room. Sam Bradford. Uh, this is my favorite had, part of any show ever. Sam Bradford had 9.8 yards per completion. It's all over the place. And then Tom comes in, coughing in with a stat. <laughs> that That's what I'd been looking for this Down entire right, time. Amazing. This is the highlight. See, this is what people listen Here's the thing, that's though. That's what people want. They're, they're waiting for us to go off the rails and just forget what we were doing. Here's the thing, though. We have another segment to get to. Yeah. <laughs> we have two more segments to get to. We're, I don't know why we're doing this. Yeah, we got time. So... Uh, do we have time? Yeah, I we do. We do. Yeah. We do have time. I don't work today, so I have all the time. I don't have to leave for two for two hours every of the time. We go back and do more hockey. Yeah, um, <laughs> there's plenty of good hockey going on. So we are going to move forward into the NBA. Exactly. What did I just say? And we're going to bring you our power rankings. Now, last time we did power rankings was two weeks ago. Yeah, two or three weeks ago, and we said that we would. We would stop doing them on the same week. So this week you get NBA, next week you get NHL. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna warn you right now. I don't have an NBA power ranking, but that's, oh, fine. No, I, that's fine. I do. It's, I knew that the two of you would. <laughs> it's it's the collective. Yeah, it's a, yeah. I mean, I I know what I know what's going on in the NBA. And since uh, only one of us really pays attention, yeah, he did it. I did it. Um, so we're gonna do our power rankings. We'll talk a little bit about what's going on, what's coming up. Uh, at number 10. Number 10. <laughs> I don't have number 10 on here. Number 9. <laughs> <laughs> I have a number 10. Number 10. Again. You guys talk amongst yourselves while I look this uh, up on the other thing that I did. Tom, what's up? Uh, sports. <laughs> All right, we're going back. To, like I said, we're going back to hockey. He tried to, you know, he tried to stop me. He poo-pooed your hockey. But that will not be a dream deferred. Here we go. Don't. Pittsburgh had a game. They did. They did. They had a good game, actually, um, one of the days in the past. Uh, Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> you guys a... are doing great. <laughs> no, that was a terrific game. I was uh, – I so in addition to my laptop cable being missing, I couldn't find my tablet either um, because I, I, want, I like to watch 20 things at once. Yeah, I was a little surprised that you uh... – only had the three going. You had your laptop, yeah. your tablet, and, ta- and your TV. You yeah. didn't have your phone going, but I yeah, guess so you had to take had a picture a with something. I had a similar setup that same no, night. No, I did have my phone. It was my phone, my tablet, and TV. I used someone else's phone to take that picture. Nice. <laughs> Where I had was the your same laptop? setup. <laughs> yeah, no, I was, I was kind of bedridden because I've got a herniated disc. And so I couldn't be at the computer doing my four-way split screen of hockey that I like to do. And then I, you know, and then across the room would be another four-way split-screen hockey on the TV. So I'd have eight games on, and then I'd have my tablet, laptop, and phone each playing a game of some kind. Yeah. But I, people who know me know that I can't do one thing at a time. I like to do 12 or 50 things at a time. Right. Breaking news. I get bored when I'm doing one thing at a time. Lane Kiffin is not going to coach for Alabama in the championship game. Sega. New offensive coordinator Steve Sarkeesian is going to be the offensive coordinator in that game. What did Kiffin took a job somewhere, right? Yeah, Kiffin went to USF, Florida, UCF, Atlantic, FIU, FAU. I think he went to Florida Atlantic. Gotcha. The Penguins game, that was against Montreal. 
Yeah, the overtime game. Yeah, that was a very big game. That yeah, was, so that was it was. So when I yeah, I had, that was one of the games I was watching on my setup. Yeah, I had my several screens there. I put it on the Facebooks. Yeah. Where on the TV I had the Ohio State uh, Clemson game. Yeah. On on my phone I had Pittsburgh Montreal, and then on my tablet I had um, the uh, what was it the Columbus game? Yeah. I just realized. Yeah, and I just realized what I can do with the devices in my house. If I don't take anyone How? else's phones. Yes. If I don't take anyone else's phones. My two boys have tablets. I have a tablet. Yep. My wife has a tablet. Yeah. I have my TV. I have a computer. My mother has a computer. I could watch seven sporting events at once that at in the same room. Well, here's the thing about the NHL app and stuff like that. You can watch four games at a exactly. time. Exactly. I've got a PlayStation and an Xbox. I could throw a TV on each of those. Yep. And I've got my PC. Right there is 12 hockey games. That's 12 hockey games Unbelievable. Right See, I, I would have been watching stuff on Saturday, but I was at work. You were. So was I. Yeah, but then you went home. I did. I at, went home earlier. At not 7.30. Yeah. Um, so, more breaking news. Duke's Mike Krzyzewski is undergoing back surgery on Friday. Jeff Keppel will serve as coach in his absence. We haven't talked about a lot of college basketball because, honestly, unless it's March Madness, we don't get too much into it. I didn't know there even was college so. basketball. Yeah, they they actually they do play games before the tournament. That's me- really? Number yep. 10. Number 10. All right, we got it. I've had it for a while, and I knew what the team was. I just needed the stat that I had come up with. Uh, Here's the stat. The Atlanta Hawks. They won three straight, taking on New York, Detroit, and... Yesterday against the San Antonio Spurs, taking them down in overtime, one fourteen to one twelve. Um, Ooh, yes, very impressive. Their overall record is eighteen and sixteen. Number nine, the Memphis Grizzlies at twenty two and fourteen. They're five and five in their last ten. They have five players scoring more than ten points per game: Gasol, Conley, Randolph, Daniels, and Allen. So they're scoring at least 50 points in every game? Yes. All scoring greater than 10 per game. Man, so. a basketball team scoring 50 points a game. Right. I know, that's that's unheard of. The thing is, though, none of them are scoring more than 10 per... Like, I think Gasol is the highest with 10.9 per game. They're scoring exactly so, 10 a game. Yeah, nobody, nobody's, nobody's reached 11 per game yet. Um, so You got time. They are 24th in, in points scored. <laughs> They're scoring 99 points per game as a team. Yeah. That sucks. Um, number eight, the Utah Jazz. 21-13, and 7-3 over their last 10. Rudy Gobert, averaging, twel- averaging 12.5 points Go- and 12 rebounds per game. Rudy. Gogurt? Yes, Rudy Gogurt. Rudy Gogurt. If he doesn't have a marketing deal with them, he's doing yeah. life wrong. Uh, number seven. The Oklahoma City Thunder, twenty-one and thirteen, six and four over their last ten. You know the stat I'm going to say. I'm going to say next is about Russell Westbrook. He's averaging thirty point nine points per game, right? League leading, um, ten point seven assists per game, and ten point five rebounds per game. We know he's doing it night after night. He's the runaway favorite for MVP. Just amazing. Uh, Number six, we got the Boston Celtics, twenty and fourteen. Celtics, seven and three over their last ten. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, not that Isaiah Thomas, is <laughs> averaging twenty. <laughs> I got him. Are oh, you going to be like those guys on NFL Network? 
who are like, not that Cameron Jordan or whoever. Yeah. Uh, averaging 27.7 points per game. Um, That's not bad. That's not. Number five, the last of the East teams on this list, the Toronto Raptors. Not that Toronto It can't Raptors. be the last of the East teams. 23 and 10. Yeah, it is because the Cleveland Cavaliers play in a league all their own. I get it. I <laughs> did it. My Toronto I Raptors. Don't, I don't want to get it. 23 and 10, 73 over their last 10. DeRozan averaging 27.4 points per game and shooting 47.3 from the field. Number four, the Houston Rockets. 26 and 9, 8 and 2 in their last 10. James Harden just put up 53 points, 17 assists, and 16 rebounds against the New York Knicks. He's all right. Yeah. My New York Knicks. Against Tom's New York Knicks. Against Tom's New York Knicks. <laughs> Number three, the San Antonio Spurs, 27-7. and 8-2 over the last 10. Pau Gasol, the big free agent signing for them of the offseason, averaging 12.4 points and 8 rebounds per game this year. So, pretty good investment there. Yeah. Um, putting up about what Tim Duncan was putting up last year. He is lacking on the defensive end, but... Still putting up the good numbers. Everybody lacks on the defensive end when you're compared to Tim Duncan. Right, right. Uh, number two, Golden State Warriors, 29-5. and five. They're 9-1 in their last 10. Steph Curry shooting 40.3 from three-point range. I think that's a surprise to no one. I mean, it's almost kind of just blasé to talk about them <laughs> doing the things that they've been doing yeah. for uh, the past two and a half years. And, I mean... Durant did just record his first triple-double uh, with Golden State the other night. So uh, they are gelling. They're rolling. They're the team to beat in the West. And as I said, in a league all their own, and I know that they have more losses than the Warriors, and I know they have fewer wins than the Spurs. The 25-7 and seven Cleveland Cavaliers are number one. They're 8-2 in their last 10. The reason they're number one, the Christmas Day game. Yep. Last, uh, uh, the uh, game winner with three seconds left. Kyrie Irving, that that was an impressive game to watch the highlights of. Again, I was at work, yes, so I'm I didn't at, get I'm it. I'm at work on Christmas Day. Uh, yeah, so 109-108 victory over the Warriors. A um, little bit of controversy at the end of the game. Uh, the NBA does their two-minute report where they, they tell you the blown calls at the end of the games, but they only cover the last two minutes. Like, you know, a blown call in the first, you know, the first two minutes of the game isn't as crucial yeah what if that what if that call would have resulted in a uh in the ball changing hands and right and steph goes down and nails a three yeah so yeah it's i hate that they do it but um apparently there should have been a foul called at the end of the game when durant was on the floor or something like that i don't know it's it's bogus i don't buy it durant did get off a shot from his rear end uh that wasn't too far off well, um, imagine if he had only been down to his knees. Thing is, it, it might have gone in. Thing is, Richard Jefferson, instead of guarding Durant while he's sitting on the floor, walks off celebrating while Durant's putting up this shot. So if that would have went in, Richard Jefferson would have been, uh, well, fired, run out of Cleveland, maybe. Yeah, they'll run you out of Cleveland for anything these days. Yeah. Um, so you know, the Cavs just playing solid basketball all the way through. Um, we're still looking for a game to go to, uh, see them in person, see the Bron play. 
hopefully we can get that going sometime soon. I don't want to drive to Cleveland in winter though. That's yeah. That's the big the big thing. And then with, well, Tom and I are driving to New Jersey in winter. So. Yeah. Yeah, but it's like fifty degrees there today. Yeah, so. I was say. <laughs> yeah, we're praying that the uh, weather holds out this week. It looks like it should because uh, that's a we, long drive. They are supposed to get about two inches of snow on Saturday. Okay. But I mean that'll Whatever. be that'll just be two inches of snow. Yeah, that's nothing. It's just it's the it's all that space between New Jersey and here that I'm worried about. Yeah, the entire state of Pennsylvania, which I mean, is a it, big one. Well, it's only big if you go the direction we have to go. Yeah, <laughs> which is across all of it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> literally every inch of it. Yeah, it's like an eight to ten hour drive, depending on what you're doing. It'll probably come around. It'll, it'll probably average. It'll probably be the average nine hour drive to New Jersey. I've only driven there once and it was a weird route because i wanted to pick up some states because you know trying to hit them all and uh it was on my way to boston actually came up through newark newark on the left of me new york on the right of me crossing the george washington bridge at rush hour i don't know if any of you have ever done that but it's fun and i actually mean that especially when you're in a rental (laughs) <laughs> anything's fun when you're into rental we had a chevy cruise and man we were battling it was it was a lot of fun i think you got any you guys should definitely try crossing the george if our listeners cross the george washington bridge at rush hour tell us what you think of it i had an exciting time so it's hard hitting takes right there i'm killing time right now while michael looks something up on his phone oh no looks, i'm just letting you talk i'm good uh, <laughs> Just trying to fill some time here. I yeah, guess. no, I'm good. You keep doing, keep doing what you're doing, man. Yeah. So, anyways, I did see a sporting event on that trip. I can relate this to yeah. sports. We went to Boston. I saw the Orioles play at Fenway. That was cool. Were the, were the Red Sox there too? Uh, no, oh. but they handed out a Jason Veritek bobblehead. Oh, so yeah. The uh, I got he, to see David. So he was there. We probably talked about this at one point, but yeah. I got to see I got to see the aces for each team pitch. That was amazing. Man, we're gonna have baseball preview coming up pretty soon. Uh, pitchers pitchers and, catchers. and catchers, yeah. They report uh, some of them, some of them uh, f- second week of February, so not I'm, not too far away. I'm making a little progress on my passport. Still ba- hoping to get to Toronto in May. Yeah. Baseball really needs to tone it down a bit. They just Incrush, got finished. Like not be a ten month sport. Yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I really am. And like, like it, going through withdrawals. That's fine and all for for people who live in Arizona and Florida. They get to watch spring training all the time. Nobody up here gets to watch it. Right. So you want to know how messed up it is that I forgot to write down the Hawks on my list? So I had the list in my phone. I put it on the tablet. Um, it's right next to another top ten list that has ten spots. Good job. Literally right next to it. Oh boy. <laughs> These look about even. Never mm. set off any kind of alarms. Nothing. Just went about, went about my day. So that top ten list, uh, I wanted to tie it into the NFL playoffs, so we're going to do the top ten NFL wildcard games of all time. This is a list that I put together all by my lonesome. Because I had no idea that you were doing this. Because I asked you guys for an idea on a top ten list and nobody responded, so I came yep. up with the idea while I was sitting here before the show. That there when, it is. When you when when you say things in the chat, if I don't like actually respond, uh, if you don't, put I it, have fallen asleep. If you don't put it in GIF form, I'm not even <laughs> I'm not even going to bother to read it. 
Right. So, yes, nobody responded, and I just dismissed it after that. I'm like, well, whatever, we'll figure something out. Our, our chats are rarely sports-related and always in gift form. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so we're going to do the top ten wildcard games of all time. Now, you'll see on this list I'm not biased in any way. Even though my Packers do show up uh, one, two... Ten times. Three. Hold the, on. One, I believe two, they three, will have lost at least one of those. Four times. They show up on here four times. Uh, I'm not biased. I guarantee it. Each one of us did have one of our team did have a team on here. Uh, unfortunately, number ten, Seattle Seahawks 41, New Orleans Saints 36. This was 2010, and this makes the list for pretty much one reason, and it's the Marshawn Lynch run. It co- that's the game where they coined the phrase "beast." They mode. did, and I hate that phrase. However, that run was something to behold, and it was a really good game. Like, aside from that, it was a really good game. Um, you know, a lot of people are always going to remember this as the one where Lynch had a big run, but it was a great offensive performance uh, by the Saints in that one. Drew Brees had a really good game, and, you know, they had a chance to pull that one out. It was a very good, tight game all the way through. So, Seahawks 41, Saints 36, 2010. A year later, Thomas Pittsburgh Steelers would fall to the Denver Broncos 29-23. to this was the Tebow game. Get out. Ugh. You're fired from your show. It was a tight game. It was well played. Tim Tebow had probably the best game of his career. Broncos and Steelers took the game to overtime. That's where... right. He completed 51% of his passes. <laughs> where... Career high. Don't be so bitter, Tom. I have three Green Bay losses on this list. Career high. Um, Tim Tebow sucked. Yeah. He just sucked. There are still people out there who wears jerseys to games. I was at a Denver game this year. I saw too many Tebow jerseys. Yep. It's like, are you kidding me? I think they're just waiting for for someone to wear that number so they can get a nameplate yeah. and put it over it. So, I've often thought about doing that with somebody. Like, somebody, please, for the Broncos, change your number to fifteen. Yeah. Uh, at number eight, Green Bay twenty-eight, Detroit twenty-four, nineteen ninety-three. Uh, the teams have faced off in Week 17 to determine who is going to have the home field for this game. Detroit won that game, so Green Bay got to go right back to Detroit for the wild card game. Detroit had a late lead, about 40 seconds left. I know a lot of you have seen this on NFL Films throughout the years. Brett Favre takes the snap, scrambles right, makes a big old roll back to the left-hand side, and just uncorks it. Finds Sterling Sharp right at the end of the end zone, makes the grab, gets both feet in. Packers win the game, 28-24. It was that was kind of the moment that made Brett Favre. Uh, well, that, that and you know the Super Bowl win. Well, uh, but I mean, this was before that. I mean, like this was and, when this is when the nation found out who Brett Favre was. And all those times where he threw the ball off of his back foot, underhanded, sideways to the running back for some reason to avoid getting the sack. Yes, but again, this was his first national exposure for the most part so uh we actually have a tie so it winds up being a top 11 list um number tie i put a tie in here just for you eric uh the reason it's a tie is because it involves the same two teams eric gave the show the first f-bomb so we'll see if it shows we'll see if we can actually hear it uh when the uh, episode posts yep (laughs) um f-bomb bros did it. Everybody's going to tune in for this one. We like, did it. Yes, they finally did it. That's like when South Park. <laughs> I love 
love that episode. We, Eric and I were talking about this idea a few weeks ago of me of doing like a ballpark bros after dark, which is <laughs> which is like a like it, it would be like a special like. Uh, you know, show and have its own page. We get all liquored and, up and, and start. <laughs> yes, we we drink, we drink. It could be you know, it would be like a probably, I don't know, Thursday night or something. We'd just come over and come down here and drink. We could. And Thursday watch. night is our drinking night. Exactly. Thursday so, night is the night that we go up to Sean's Irish Tavern. Yeah, we all yeah we go there throughout on different days sometimes, but we're we're up there on a lot of Thursdays. Um, just that's just our day to go out yep. there, and. uh yeah, we could do a we could do a ballpark bros after dark where we sort of get a little more liberal with the language. We could do it at the bar. We'll just record it on our phones <laughs> because it's all sports conversations are always much more fun in a bar. Well, yeah, our uh, our recording station is pretty mobile. That's true. It's yeah, not Eric, that big. Is you can put it in your pocket, and it's ooh, we can do this. And it's battery powered. Guess what we're well. doing on Thursday, guys? There'd be some stupid band playing Mustang Sally or something all night, though. That's true. We'd have to deal with that crap. That's true. All right, number seven. We got two games here: Arizona Cardinals fifty-one, Green Bay Packers forty-five, two thousand nine. Oh yeah. Like I said, my Packers show up on this list, and it—I mean—that pretty was, painful for me. That was a wild, wild game. Arizona was up uh, 31 to 10, I believe, at one point, and Aaron Rodgers brought the Packers back to tie the game. Um, the Cardinals missed a field goal as time expired to send the game to overtime. Green Bay gets the ball, and on a play that should have been called a penalty for grabbing of the face mask, Aaron yeah. Rodgers fumbled. It happens every time, you know. All right. They, There's a face mask on every play. The, the yeah. saying goes, I think. Aaron Rodgers fumbled, and it was returned for a touchdown to give the Cardinals the overtime victory. Uh, it, and it it was one heck of a game. I know my team lost it. It's still one of the better ones I've ever watched. Um, the game that it is tied with is last year's. I would say that that one. I would rank it just a half a notch higher, but then we wouldn't have a tie. Right. So is last year's. Uh, was at twenty nine to twenty three Cardinals victory over the Packers, and it's it's really just for one reason. I mean, God it, bless the Cardinals. It was man. a it was a tight game. The Packers led for a good portion of it. Um, they played a lot better than when they got beat forty whatever to sixteen in Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah. Um, well, before that, yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. One one drive, two hail marys, uh, both to Jeff Janis. The first one down the left sideline and. The second one into the middle of the end zone. Janice goes up, brings it down, ties the game. And Rodgers had done this against the Lions earlier in the year. And it got to the point where you just you couldn't believe that one man could do that so often. Well, you couldn't believe that so many defensive backs were just willing to let a guy get li- inside of them. and Yeah, with the Lions game, there was like a chorus... Of Lions players standing behind the guy, right? You know, like behind the guy that the ball's being aimed at. You kind of want to stand in front of the guy the ball's being aimed at if you want to pick it off. Yeah, but you know, this game just added a layer to the legend of Aaron Rodgers with the you know one drive, two hail marys, one to the you know forty-five, one to the end zone, and then of course you had the the ending. Carson Palmer, I don't know how he did it. He just went bloop. about to be sacked. 
Larry Fitzgerald. Rolls out, throws all the way back across the field to Larry Fitzgerald, who then takes it 70-something yards down to the four or five-yard line. And I remember, man. Palmer shovels it into Fitzgerald on a on a quick pass, and I'm they pull, win the game. I'm pulling up that play right now because I want to watch it again. It's, it's just unbelievable. You know, my, my team on the losing end, but still one of the better playoff games I have ever seen. So, At number six... We have the botched hold, Seattle 21, Dallas 20. Oh, no. Everybody knows this story. Tony Romo drove the Cowboys down for the game-winning field goal, botched the snap, got up to run, tackled at, like, the three-yard line. They had the game. It was over. Dallas was going to advance, and he botched the snap. And if I'm not mistaken, that was Seattle's Super Bowl run? Uh, yes. Or the year after. They're, they're very good at that point, so... um. At number five, San Francisco 39, New York 38, 2002. Um, this is a game where the Giants have blown a large lead, and Niners came back on the back of Jeff Garcia, three t- three passing touchdowns. Jeff Garcia, underrated as a quarterback. He he just didn't stick around with a team long enough. Yeah. Um, yeah, I spent a couple years in Detroit and Cleveland and all over. Um, but... Uh, so San Francisco takes the lead. New York marches down. They're in field goal range. It's a botched snap. The holder rolls out and heaves it down to like the two-yard line. But there's a penalty. Oh. But then there's another penalty. Ooh. So it offsets, and they have to try it again. Um, There should have been pass interference on the guy that was trying to catch the ball, but there was an illegal man downfield. So play didn't count. New York lines up for the field goal. Another Botch snap, game over, 49ers win. I remember watching this and being as confused as ever trying to figure out what was going on. That Green Bay-Arizona game from last year, that was the one with the confusing coin toss too, I think. Yes, in overtime. Yeah, where it didn't flip. And and Rodgers said because Rodgers always calls it a certain way, whatever the official has up on his thumb. Yeah. Rodgers calls it a certain way. Well, it was up the other way on his thumb, and Rodgers thought because of that fact he should have been able to call it again, which... I, I get where he's coming from, but I also get the NFL's standpoint on it. It's it's a coin toss, not a coin flip. Hey, there you go. But then why did they flip it? Why did they throw it again? I don't know, but I I think so, they, if they call it a coin toss and it doesn't flip, then it's fine. Right. But I, the NFL saw it differently. And, yeah. And I, I do think that Rodgers should have been able to call it over, um, but whatever. Whatever. It's yeah. a stupid it's 50-50 yeah. chance right. thing. It's over and done with. Not a <laughs> yeah, big deal. That's not the game. Yeah. Um, so, number four, uh, the last appearance of my Packers, San Francisco 30, Green Bay 27, 1998. Um, I do remember this one. Yeah. Uh, man, I'm going to sound like such a whiner, but it's well documented that Jerry Rice had a fumble that was overruled. Um, so they never should have been in this position. However, the play was amazing, and I'm not going to complain about a missed call. Um Steve Young to Terrell Owens. And, you know, you all heard the audio, Owens, 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 he caught it. T.O. crying on the sidelines after the game. Um, yeah, one of, one of the most memorable moments um, in the history of a franchise, the 49ers, who have had hundreds of memorable moments. I mean, for a lot yeah. of people, it's right up there with the catch. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's I guess you'd say it's, it's that generation's the catch. Yeah. I mean, and it, it was phenomenal, and I'll, I'll always, 
you know, I'll always remember it, even though my team was on a losing end, as being a very, very good playoff game. Um, so, at number three, Indianapolis Colts 45, Kansas City Chiefs 44, 2013. The Chiefs led this the game thirty-eight to ten in the third. The day the defense died. Yeah, um, they led this game thirty-eight to ten in the third. Yep, yeah, they did. Andrew Luck hit T.Y. Hilton for the game-winning touchdown with a little over four minutes left, and the Colts hung on for the win. I just, I remember watching this game and like the way it's going. I'm like, there's no way, there's no way. I mean, uh, okay, they, yeah, they got a shot. They can make it close. It'll be interesting. This is, it's just garbage time. They're not really doing yeah, anything. Nah, they oh, my God, they did it. Yeah. <laughs> it just, and it, it, it gave me flashbacks to number two on our list, Buffalo 41, Houston 38, 1992. Buffalo, led by Frank Reich, not even Jim Kelly, overcame a 32-point deficit to beat Warren Moon and the Houston Oilers. I was a I was a little young for this in one. overtime. Yeah, I don't actually remember this game. I was five years old. <laughs> um, but just you know, they played on NFL Network all the time. Come playoff time, it's it is just one of the most amazing games ever. Uh, the 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 fight that Buffalo put up. Any other team except them and the Colts <laughs> would have just rolled over, and that would have been it. Yeah. Um. Just, and. Yeah, you know, that was on one of their Super Bowl runs where they ultimately lo- ultimately lost. I uh, can't remember who they lost. Dogs are back. Yeah, timeout dogs. <clears throat> These are the timeout dogs. This is like the scene from A Christmas Story. Yes. With the neighbor dogs. All right, we're good. Bow kiss. Yes. And they ate the turkey. Yep. There's like 300 dogs running through the house. <laughs> Man. There are all sorts of dogs and teenagers upstairs. Yeah, way too many teenagers in that there are two. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, number one involves the same teams as number two. Um, oh. After the Houston Oilers had picked up and moved out of Houston, they became the Tennessee Titans. And in 1999, they got their revenge. Beating the Buffalo Bills twenty-two to sixteen on the Music City Miracle. Yes, sir. There, I will not hear an argument against this being the number one of all time. Well, but what if it wasn't a lateral? I think we have a special guest in studio. Yeah, my mom's here now. Hello, Aunt Alice. Welcome to Ballpark Bros. Ballpark ants. Have you anything to say about sports? About who what? Sports. Anything about sports that you want to add to the show since you're now a guest? Surprise guest? Uh, yeah, no. No, no. she's got nothing. All right. She's not a she's not a sports woman. No. I think she's uh. What 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 expertise are you here to? Oh, I just went and got his car taken care of. Oh. Yeah, she's. Yeah, I thought maybe you were gonna teach everybody how to cook. Or she's she's our race car. Uh, maybe. Uh, she's our car. She's our car racing. Oh my god, we should have Bobby on the show. You should. Yeah. Okay. That'd be great. Yeah, he'd love it. And do you know why? Yeah. <laughs> our 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 mother's is cousin Bobby. Obsessed a, with obsessed with Ohio State football and ran NASCAR. Yes. Any racing. Any racing actually, yes. even the good racing. 
even yeah. the, even the racing that we don't mind watching every now and then. Right. The uh, yeah, open wheel. He goes to Indy 500 every year. Yep. Brought me back a shirt from the 100th anniversary. Yeah. He goes every single year. All right, so back into Tennessee 22, Buffalo 16. You know, we've all seen the play. Lorenzo Neal takes the uh, kickoff, turns around and pitches it, or hand it, well, I guess hands it. He was really close to him. Hands it back to Frank Wycheck. Wycheck heads off right, throws it back across the field to Kevin Dyson, and Dyson does the rest. People still claim it was a forward lateral. Science will prove otherwise. I don't get how people can argue that. I know. It, you. They see um, what they want to see. If you take if you take pictures of each of the players at the respective time that they had the ball and you line them up based on the yard lines, the ball goes sideways. It does not go forward. Yeah, well, I heard the same thing when NASA was trying to prove that they landed on the moon, and it all seems a little fishy. <laughs> Mythbusters need to uh, cover this game. That would, that would well, awesome. Mythbusters need to prove that this was a le- that this was not. They'll have forward. a they'll have a special comeback episode. Yeah, they'll, they'll do a reunion episode. Yeah, actually, they're they're bringing it back, but with it's different not, hosts. Yeah, they need to do a show like the Top Gear guys have a new show on a different you know format, different network. Well, uh, I think uh, Jamie Heineman kind of is just done being in the public spotlight, and he he was never you know really that interested in being a public figure. So I think I think they're about guys like that that don't want to be in the public eye, and I want to be in the public eye. Yeah, give me your job. The best I have is that video of my arrest from 1998. When you were... That's, that's impressive. <laughs> when you were 11? Yes. Hey, uh, um, Sean Payton calls reports linking him to Rams... <gasps> False. Uh, says that it, that be, means they're true. Yeah. Says it would be silly. Uh-huh. Anytime somebody says something is silly, uh-huh. you know that they're actually talking about it. This happens all the time. It's not true. Next day, or maybe a couple hours later, maybe around 5 o'clock today, Louisiana time, we're going to find out that Peyton is no longer with the Saints. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is how this works. You call something false, you're oh, gone. Wait a minute, though. Here's the thing. He said links to the Rams. Yeah, right. That doesn't mean he can't be yep. the new coach in Buffalo or Jacksonville yeah. or San Francisco. That's true. So, you know, let's uh, keep it open to all the possibilities here. So, All right. Well, I think that does it for this week's edition of Ballpark Bros. Uh, tune in next week, and we will have recaps of all of the wild card games, and we will have a preview and possible predictions for the NCAA championship we'll game. We'll also have a game report from Tom and, and I. Yeah. The guys will we have... Can, from Tom and me, we can each, we'll be in New Jersey. We can yes. each do one. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. And we will have a ballpark of the week next week. Yes, yes, we will be back to the ballpark. It has been a little while. I think Eric's... Uh, we promised a ballpark. Chase Field was the last one, so... It'll be a new shiny one. Yeah. Fresh in my memory. It won't be new and shiny. It's actually still pretty new. It's going to be the Prudential Center. Yeah. So. No, he's going to do. It's going to pra- be the practice. He's going to. Yeah, he's going to do the Barnaby Health Hockey House. Yeah, we can bring. Which is the name of their practice arena? We can bring two two reports and two stadiums. Because I learn information and then it never goes away. Right. <laughs> so, tune in next week for all that, and we will talk sports at you then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep.